What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Run Your Mouth Podcast. It is the pre-Skankfest special episode. Dude, I'm very excited for Skankfest. I'm on, uh, they gave me some premiere stage time. If you guys uh, haven't, I would suggest purchasing the uh, um, the Mint Comedy stream. I'm looking forward to that. I was working on some Corona jokes all summer. Haven't really done them in a month. But, you know, they were almost working by the end of the summer. So I'm going into this with a positive mental attitude that these are going to be the best Corona jokes anyone's ever heard. And there's a limited window where you can still even tell Corona jokes because it doesn't exist anymore. You know, I mean, Fauci's still out there going, uh, could be bad this winter. Everyone, you know, don't don't let your guard down or your mask down because it could get real bad again. It could. It, it pro- Probably right after I leave, things will go to shit. Because we gave money to... Oh, shit. I'm on YouTube. It, I, that's why we were going to do the, that stuff at the end. I'm sorry, YouTube. I didn't mean to say anything bad about Fauci. I think he's done an excellent job. And I'm excited for his next career when he leaves. And then he gets a lot of money so that he can do all sorts of uh, other things. Anyways, I... Uh, putting together some new tour dates and I got some really cool ones coming at you guys. Links will be up in the episode description shortly at the moment, November 3rd. No, that's the wrong date. I think it's November 5th. I'm going to be in Austin with none other than Scott Horton. Uh, I'm going to be doing stand up, and then me and Scott, we're going to do a podcast all about Liberty lessons that you can learn from star Wars. And then the days before and after that, we're doing a whole Texas tour. So I'm going to be Dallas, November 4th, going to do a, a, a live pod in, in addition to live comedy. I, I might do Texas A&M. If for some reason you got a spot in Houston, you got a backyard. I want to do a show in Houston before I leave Texas. The other tar- cities that I'm targeting, and I was talking to someone about Kansas, but I'm going to be doing Omaha, Nebraska. So I really want to hit St. Louis, and I want to hit up uh, Kansas before that. And then the last one is I got a gig coming up in uh, Tucson, Arizona. So if I don't know, you got something going on in Phoenix or some other area out there, or you got the Connect to Stanhope's house, I'll do a porch tour from Stanhope's house, uninvited, just show up with the equipment. I don't think that actually be appreciated. Anyways, welcome to the show, everybody. We got a bomb episode coming at you, uh, so let's get into it. Let's start with uh, all of the rundown of topics. Here we go. Historians point to Christopher Columbus hat as evidence that he might have been gay and confused by the Native Americans as it wasn't the shade of brown boy he was looking to have sex with. Our cultural correspondents ask if Columbus was gay, can we go back to celebrating him? Speaking of celebrating, what academic credentials are necessary to receive Nobel Peace Prizes for advocating giving more money to banks? With retailers dealing with excess goods and already starting to discount, might we see the greatest Black Friday stampedes of all time? Experts are saying, we have to account for how many subcultures have taken advantage of lax petty theft enforcement and have been practicing with the pillaging of local stores. I think I need a better backdrop beat on this. We'll get there, though. Who will give Kanye West a platform to finish telling us about the Jews? Quit pulling inter- interesting social media tirades before the finale. Biden's about to celebrate a birthday and turn 80. But how old does he think he is? European study finds colonoscopies made no difference in death rates, leaving many middle-aged men confused if having had something stuck up their ass for no reason makes them gay, or if they were raped by science. And lastly, we'll be looking into in 2023, how much money will governments spend trying to combat inflation? You see? We got a bomb episode. I wasn't lying to you. Important things will be discussed. But uh, to kickstart this party, you know, why don't, uh, why don't we talk about Christopher columbus for a minute because that that yesterday was columbus day i didn't realize he got off for columbus day uh and 
I think it's uh it's education's fault for celebrating the guy because I didn't care one way or another. You know, you made me go to school and then you taught me about firstly, can I also does anyone want to be referred to as indigenous people? Like a people with no identity other than the fact that they just happen to have been here first? Is that actually the best that we can come up with? I know it's got a nice spin of hey, we were here, you might as well be like the the first people. The original people. I, I can't really come up with a better term, but something about indigenous sounds uh it sounds more offensive than just Indian. You know, Indian was uh I mean, talk about this is why we should be celebrating Christopher Columbus. He's a guy who fucked up and something great come out of it. The greatest country ever for a while until the Fed came along and then Prince spent all the money and then we did a whole bunch of wars, but we still had the greatest wealth expansion ever that can afford all these socialist programs. And we haven't gone belly up yet. So like we're kind of, even though everyone's miserable and complaining, probably living in the best time period that's ever existed in all of humanity. I know prices are going up. The job you want, you can't have. Uh, you, no one can, not everyone can make money online as an influencer, shutting, showing off their booty hole on OnlyFans. We're all looking at other people that are doing just a little bit better than us and thinking that we're doing a little bit worse, but we're still at the tail end of an empire that's conquered the world, forced everyone to use its currency, and just been able to print endless amounts of money to the point that people actually believe in modern monetary theory. People actually believe that we've already spent so much and it hasn't gone belly up. Clearly, there's no end to this. We can just keep printing, 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 printing. It's not going to matter. I mean, the evidence is in. $20 trillion in the hole and it's still going. So let's just spend some more. Hey, the prices are going up. Well, just give the people more money and then they can afford the higher prices because that makes sense. And uh, I mean, people are uh, are actually doing that. Why do I have this thing in this thing? I like moving around. You're fucking weird when I can't move around. All right. What was I trying to talk about? Christopher Columbus. So you got this guy. He thinks he's going to go fuck up some Indians, conquer all their spice trades. Somehow he fucks up. He ends up in America. He goes, all right, these aren't Indians, but I can fuck up these people and enslave them too. And so he did that. That's how you made money back then. You know, we can look back in our eyesights of today and go, the way to make money is to, you know, work at a bank and then take money from other companies, but in a more dignified way where you don't have to actually show up and conquer them. You just force them to uh, fund your currency and then change your interest rates in a way that they can't then afford your currency. And then they get to a point where they need food. And so the IMF comes in and they hand them some money, but they go, now you're going to have to pay us back all this money. And then people are always indebted and enslaved forever. But, you know, we get to feel good about it. We don't have to actually show up and conquer places. So you got this guy, he shows up, fucks up, legendary fuck up just made wrong directions. You know, they don't tell you, but there was actually a lady who was steering that ship. Christopher Columbus was pimping out some bitches and, you know, they needed to take a pee break. They got lost. They weren't good with the directions. There was no easy pass back in the day. Next thing you know, he's out in America and it leads to the greatest thing that ever happened for a short period of time until we became an empire. So, you know, let's celebrate the mistake. Let's celebrate that a guy who got something so wrong in his lifetime and was such a miserable fuck up who did not nice things led to some good for a short period of time until we ended up getting a guy with dementia, which is a pretty good ending to the story. If Biden leads us to nuclear war, it's a pretty good ending to the story that we did wealth expansion all the way that we got a television celebrity in. The power elites lost their mind. The only one who could possibly uh, win an election was some old dude who was probably a pedophile and like sniffing hair. We know that he had a kid who was doing crack. And then we put him into office and then we started drugging him 
and the drugs were turning him aggressive where he went from some old guy who was just saying nonsense things and squinting at, at teleprompters to all of a sudden some old guy going, we're going to go to war. Fuck you, Russia. Let's do it. You want a fucking boogie? I'll boogie you all night long. Fucking Putin. I'll take your pudding. Think I give a shit? So that's where we're at. So I'm just saying, why not go with the positive of, yeah, the guy was bad. He wore gay hats. He conquered the wrong area, but it led to a pretty great thing. And so, you know, all of us, we live terrible lives. We don't accomplish anything. I think it's nice to accomplish a guy who made a mistake and it all worked out in the end. And it's education's fault. I wouldn't have known who Christopher Columbus is if it wasn't for the fact that they taught his classes being like Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue, something else rhymes. And I started to, you know, fall out of tune. Uh, but that's what they did. We showed up to school. They told us that these people were super important. And we're like, all right, I'll listen to you if you're telling me the guy's important. Why is he important? And then you memorize the dumb fact. And all of a sudden you become an adult. And they're like, hey, take that fat fact and throw it out. We didn't realize it, but we were instilling the racist facts in you. Well, that's on you. I already got the racist fact. What am I supposed to do now? You guys gave me the racist fact, so I got to stick with it. All right. Hey, guys. Moment to plug our new sponsor, Jake's Mint Chew. Not too many companies will... Uh, sponsor rants like this. Let me tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to really dig this stuff. I mean, I like this stuff so much. I might end up becoming a tobacco chewer because here's the thing. Sometimes, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to research how they're trying to end the world, trying to re research Christopher Columbus, trying to research financial schemes. And then sometimes I end up at a point in my brain where it's just going, fuck, motherfucking, fucking, fucking, blah, blah, blah. That, that's it. That, that becomes the internal dialogue. And so sometimes, you know, I'll go eat donuts to try and calm that thing. That's just going motherfucking cunt and blow. like it's like a Tourette's person who's been standing still too long. Uh, and so anyways, instead of doing all those terrible things, Jake's Mint Chew. No, it's pretty great, dude. I was never a chewer, but you stick it in there and uh, it's good. Even like you're hungry. I'm going to end up losing weight. It's like crack addict shit. You know, I'm going to be end up a skinny guy. You get hungry, you shove the, the mint thing in there. It's loaded with mint flavor. It's got the CBD, which calms you down. I think you guys all know the benefits of uh, CBD. And they got a ton of products. I'm getting really into this. Uh, it, it's not dip because it comes in a pouch and it's flavored and it doesn't have nicotine. You don't have to do all the disgusting spitting thing. Probably great if you're actually a tobacco uh, chewer for uh, for quitting. But you, you get to you get to feel like a man because you get to take it. You get to gum it into your lips. And then it's just, I think it's calorie free. Who knows? Maybe it's more fattening than the donuts I was eating, but you get delicious flavors with all the comic benefits of CBD. So go check it out. GX Mint Chew. They got a whole line of flavors. I like the mint one. I also tried, I think it was like a lemonade one. Uh, I got a bunch of other ones. I want to track down a cherry one. I don't know. I got like a, a craving for some cherry. They got fancy soaps. They got gummies. And you can stick any of their products in their ass. I mean, that's not what they're made for, but if for some reason you wanted to do that, I think you could. I'm not saying that it would be like good for your health uh, or that they're intended for that. But, you know, I, I do think that's something you should be aware of because it's true of almost every product that's out there. You could shove it up your ass. Might not be a good idea, but you could do it. And I feel like the people of Jake's Minchu would appreciate me relaying to you that these items could also go in your asshole. Not that they're supposed to be in there and not that that would benefit your health, but I just think that that's important information. Uh, so anyways, if you want to purchase these products, you can use the promo code R Rob. You're going to get 15% off. So that's Jake's Mint Chew uh, and 15% off with promo code Rob. All right. So now let's get into strippers that are dominating our nursing homes because uh, that's what we do with our old people. We take them and we send them to a place to die. 
It's a little bit like when your parents told you, hey, we're taking that dog to a farm. But when they put down the dog, they actually, you know, what? why don't they have better farms for old people? Let them like look out on nice fields with dead dogs. Maybe we could combine the two business models. But anyways, we all do that to our old people. They reach a point. And uh, I mean, other than Biden, Biden, that guy reached an age and then we just put him in charge. But usually we take old people and uh, we slowly put them down in old age homes. And uh, the whole thing's unpleasant. You, you, you try and visit them. You realize you don't have any conversation to make. Then you realize that they're asking you about your life and it's just depressing them more because you're not having success with your career. And then you start lying. And then every time you show up, you're coming up with bigger and better lies. And then the next thing you know, you've concocted this whole tale about having a family and kids. And then you're like, shit, I'm going to have to tell this guy that I got divorced. Like I've already, I've already spun a whole tale. He keeps asking to meet the lady. I got to be like, I, you know, it's like you, you almost start running out of your storylines. You're like, I can't afford writers for what I'm going to lie to my grandfather about. And the next time I visit him in an old age home. So anyways, someone's had the bright idea that uh, let's take some strippers to the old age home. And let's let them strip for it because, you know, all these old people, apparently they're sucking each other off. They're getting STDs. So they figured, hey, instead of these gross old people mashing their disgusting skin together and transferring every viral load that exists because they're all old and they have everything. Why not get some younger, hotter people in here and then they can showcase all their goods and then we can please the old people. Uh, but old people are getting heart attack. And so people got upset. They're like, this is reckless. You can't be putting strippers into old age homes. But I'm here to argue that is there any better way to go than a heart attack from seeing a hot stripper? I mean, if you're an old dude and you're probably going to go, I mean, it's not like they killed you. If anything, it was like Corona. We pulled the death forward. You were going to die within three months and then you happened to have died of Corona. And, uh, you know, it, and it was made worse by the fact that government didn't let you see your family and what would have been the last days of your lives. But we're not trying to shit on the government policies related to Corona. We're on YouTube. You get in trouble for that. But what I'm trying to say other than maybe doing heroin while getting a blowjob and just like drifting off into blackness, I feel like a heart attack while you're looking at a stripper, that's a pretty great way to go. And also, how much money are we spending on all these old people? I'm not saying that we should put old people down, but I am saying we do have a problem that old people kind of do live past their dignity. And uh, sometimes I think uh, people do a few too many repair jobs. You know, it's like when you got that old car, this is sounding terrible. I'm just trying to come out as a pro stripper and... Uh, uh, heart attacks in old age homes. All right, let's uh, let's take a couple comments before we do the next story. Uh, Amba Bamba, are you going to talk about the real reason for Columbus Day? Not the discovery of America, the 1891 New Orleans lynching murders of the 11 Italian Americans and immigrants in New Orleans. I'm ignorant of history, but guess what? We've got our run your mouth official historian coming on at the end of this episode. Gary Rich Eyed, writer of uh, God damn it, am I retarded? His book is unbelievable. It's the uh, something United history of the United States. It's like the, the one that they didn't tell you in school. Uh, and let me tell you, everything they told us was a lie. And he's going to come on in a little bit and he's going to give us the uh, the real story. All right. Forest mommy back. Uh, why didn't I think of old home stripping? Damn it. Hey, this is still a lucrative career. And now that, you know, you don't have all the uh, Twitter followings and sparkler butt money coming your way and you're looking for new income streams, I think that old age home stripping uh, might be the thing to do. All right, what other stories I got lined up? Here we go. Um, Vanderbilt Transgender Health Clinic pauses gender-affirming surgery for minors amid GOP pressure. And so if this pause works anything like pausing puberty, I guess it's never coming back. Boom, roasted, moving on. Here we go. Next up, 
uh, we like to celebrate as a society actors and actors, the extremes that they go to for their roles. And there's nothing more impressive than a guy like Christian Bale, who goes from fat to playing Dick Cheney to super skinny so that he can play some drug addict and the changes that these people go to. And so I'd like to take a moment to salute Lena Dunham and the hard work she's put into and the bodily changes that she's undergone so that she could play the balloon in the live action version of Up. So congratulations, Lena Dunham. Now we've got, oh my God, Tulsi Gabbard, every single news show. She's making the rounds. My God, she puts out an announcement, makes every single newspaper. She gets on the Joe Rogan experience. She's uh, she's turning her back on the Democratic Party. She can't be a part of this party any longer. On Tucker Carlson explaining it. Uh, I mean, good timing, I guess, if you were trying to, uh, you know, stick it to the Dems just before the midterms and go, this party shouldn't even get your support because they're out there going, we need all hands on deck. Otherwise, the evil Republicans are going to come back. And so she goes the other way with it and goes, listen, those evil Republicans, well, they might not be that great, but these Democrats are even worse. Uh, I just want to I don't like the celebrities getting into podcasting. I just I don't like it. Everyone's like, hey, why am I working for a living? I could just talk from a living room and that's true but you guys were supposed to have like the good media jobs like even the people with the good media jobs and the senators and the politicians are realizing like why the fuck am i busting my ass actually working when everyone just wants to listen to people with studios at home and i that's what i'm trying to do so you know where's the government agency that's gonna like put a finite number on podcasts i mean no one's gonna do it as well as i do good luck with these people You know what I mean? How many times do people think that they could do these things and they just fucking fail? But like, you know, shouldn't we have some protection for dumbasses that can't work real jobs because they're inept and don't like showing up to offices, but do like starting podcasts and then pretending like they were really intelligent and have things of value to say? Shouldn't there be some protections for the people in those markets? All right. What else we got lined up? NASA says mission to change asteroids orbit was a success. And of course they did. Are any of us able to fact check this? I mean, talk about all the money that was spent on Corona and all the science that came out about that and how much of a huge success. Think about how many more people would have died if we weren't out there and we hadn't done these things with the with the things and the shots and the giving it to people and the mask. Can you think of all the people that would have died? And that's like, you know, we could just see that people got sick and then we're fine. And then people got the shots, still got sick, still were fine. The old people who were going to die, died anyways. And that's all like the stuff that's right in front of us. You're going to tell me that I got some way of fact checking whether or not some fucking asteroid up in space that NASA decided to put a thing on and then pretend like it changed the orbit. Sure. Yeah. Give them more funding. Great. Great work, NASA. I believe you just like you were on the moon. All right. Now I did pull a couple videos and uh, sadly, you know, the, the, the procedure isn't working here as smoothly as it was before, but I came prepared. Because now I got a new folder. Look at this. This is the Run Your Mouth's improvements. I'm not going to wait for my presentation to not load up videos that we need. I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, now I got to download it? What the fuck? All right, all right. It's not going to take too much time. Everyone just hold on. You can you can entertain yourselves. You can think in your heart about how Yo Kratom, the Jesus of this podcast, continues to support our efforts for original Content. Another pivotal Senate race in Pennsylvania, now considered a toss-up. Dasha right, Burns spoke with Democrat John Fetterman in his first in-person sit-down interview since he suffered a stroke. And Dasha, this was not a typical candidate interview. 
No, Lester, because of his stroke, Fetterman's campaign required closed captioning technology for this interview to essentially read our questions as we ask them. And Lester, in small talk before the interview without captioning, it wasn't clear he was understanding our conversation. Isn't it nice that Biden uh, has inspired other retarded people that they can do these jobs? You know, there was a time that when you were medically disabled, you thought, fuck, I don't get to work anymore. But then Biden came along and he inspired people to go, even if you've got dementia, even if you can't hear all that good, read all that well, talk all that coherently, even if you can't understand what people are saying to you and you don't have the mental cognition to sit down and focus and make intelligent decisions, don't let that get in the way of you making important decisions for other people. Don't think, hey, maybe I shouldn't be in positions where other people are relying on me to evaluate information and then come to conclusions. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Just get out there. Just do the thing that you love, no matter how bad you are at doing it. You don't have arms. Don't let that get in the way of becoming like an Uber driver. It doesn't matter. You know, you've got wobbly hands from Parkinson's. You can still become a barber. Don't let the physical reality, you want to be a man or female with the wrong genitalia, don't let the physical world or your response, like midgets, you should go play basketball. It doesn't matter. We live in a new world now where no matter what your skill set is, you're still qualified for important positions. That's the way socialism is going to work because we're not going to have CEOs. We're not going to have people making big decisions anyways. You know, so it doesn't matter what you're qualified to do or not do. You just, you just go out there. You smile, or in his case, look like an ogre, but you just get out there and you do it. And now I've never seen an interview have to start out this way where the propaganda went so poorly that even mainstream media news networks have to give you a little bit of a framing to go, well, the guy had a stroke and so we had to make some arrangements and we know that this footage is going to look a little bit jarring. Like they, How often do they favorably set it up? And, you know, we got this guy Biden on and he's got to sit there with notes because he's old. But the notes really help him cut to the chase of what's important. All right, let's watch the rest of this because it doesn't get any better. Can voters trust that you will be able to do this job on day one? Yeah, of of course. This is Pennsylvania Democratic. (laughs) 30 second delay of even registering the question, but total confidence. Yes, of course. No, I can't read or think coherently, but of course I'm qualified. Really making the other politicians look bad if you are qualified for this. Senate candidate John Fetterman's first in-person sit-down interview since a stroke sidelined him from the campaign trail for months. That auditory processing where I'll I'll hear someone speaking, but sometimes I'll be able to be... uh precise on what exactly that they're saying. I use captioning. His campaign required that he be allowed to use a transcription program on his computer during our interview. I always thought I was pretty empathetic, uh, uh, emphatic. Uh, I think I was very, excuse me, empathetic. Uh, You know, that's an example of the stroke, empathetic. I I always thought I was very empathetic uh, before having. Maybe he went through a procedure to make him more like Biden. He sat down and he's like, wow, this guy, he achieved presidency. And what a wonderful job is he's doing. Can you can you do something that I could be more like him? And so they brought him into a lab and they hit his brain and skull with hammers repeatedly until finally he got to a point uh, where he was as dumb as Biden. And they're like, OK, now you can run for office. 
All right, what else I got lined up here? We got more. I got, I got, I got, I got power stuff coming at you guys. Oh, I gotta leave this first. Otherwise, it's not gonna work. All right, we're gonna do a quick segment here where I'm gonna re-explain everything that's going on with the Bank of England, and then we're gonna get into our segment, a little bit of a history lesson with Gary Richide, uh, all about the real story of uh christopher columbus you know what i'm gonna change the order here gary are you ready to go i'm ready i can't hear you i think you can't uh, hear me you might have to unmute yourself i think you're currently muted it says i'm not muted oh now i can hear you hold on one second okay. transfer where i got my uh, headphones give me one second no problem <laughs> now i can hear you all right we're going to change up the order. I, I, everyone's out there. They're talking Christopher Columbus. They're talking early America. I like how you're dressed like a politician. You got the little, uh, you got the little pin. You suit it's a Mises pin. There you go. Why, why you look so fancy? Is this you at work? Yeah, it's me at work. You got to suit up for your job? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Wow, you got an old school gig. Good for you, man. <laughs> yeah, I got to pay the bills, you know. It looks good on you. I mean, you both have to show up to an office and suit up. You're like, you got to be in the 1%. <laughs> No, not even close. <laughs> the bottom 1%? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, first is, let's uh, let's take a second. Why don't you plug your book? I messed up the name earlier. Um, you did? Oh. I did, yeah. I actually have a slide because I knew I was going to mess it up to introduce you, but now we're all out of order. Yeah, uh, well, I just authored a book. It's out. It was out uh, July 4th. It's called The Twisted History of the United States. It's uh, a libertarian take on U.S. history from 1450 to 1945. Yeah, I co-wrote it with a former student who we were on uh, Run Your Mouth earlier with the Summer Porch Tour. It was awesome. And uh, basically, it's in all the boredom, all the bullshit, all of the fake mythology about U.S. history is dispelled there. And it's entertaining. We make sort of historical tweets so as to keep the the book moving and interesting. I so. can say it is a, it's an easy read and that like, you don't get it, it. Like it's smooth flowing and it's actually very engaging and entertaining. Uh, so everyone's all mad. Christopher Columbus, it's indigenous people day. We can't celebrate yeah. him. What I just find cartoonish about this is I wouldn't know or care about Christopher Columbus in any capacity, except that they mm -hmm. like telling us about it a whole lot when we were in school. And then right. I also don't know any of the actual history of the Native Americans that lived here or our, our conqueror of them, cowboys and Indians. I don't know anything. So I hand it to right. you to give us a little history lesson. Sure. And you actually put your finger on something that's probably more important than even Columbus himself as a historical figure. It's the historiography or sort of the history of the history of how we came to understand Columbus. So basically, if you are on the side of believing that Western civilization that is the European civilization coming over and affecting other peoples and other continents is a bad thing, then essentially you hate Columbus. It's a, it's a demarker, a demarcation that you hate Columbus. However, if you see that sort of Judeo-Christian ethics, uh, Western science, dispositions, that Western civilization as a whole is a good thing, then you tend to be more inclined to even excuse some of the well, we won't call them atrocities, but certainly crimes that were perpetuated. Now, all that being said, that that what dominates discussion of, of Columbus is this sin of presentism. And presentism is like this idea that we apply all of our own standards to the people of a different age. 
right? And I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that we have just sort of a moral relativism where, oh, we can just say, oh, it was okay for uh, Columbus to forcefully take Indians or something like that, either to Spain or to other islands. But understanding that, it, think of think of the setting in which he finds himself. He's in an entirely foreign, exotic land. He's got to find out some way to make this profitable and to also please all of his benefactors back in Spain. And they happen to be the most powerful people in the you know Iberian Peninsula. You know uh, that's Ferdinand and Isabella. And so what's so fascinating about the when you talk about especially the left and progressives when they deride Western civilization as being something inherently evil, the presentism that is placed upon uh, Columbus and people of his age is very selective. And what I mean by that is it's like, okay, in point of fact, if you actually look at the historical record, he does have some kind of racial sensibilities. He's very complimentary of the Native Americans. Um, he, so he talks about their dignity and what he wanted to do for them and with them. And also he was extremely harsh against the Spanish who were really committing atrocities against the Indians. So he made a lot of enemies. And that's the other thing about the historical record. The, he had, Columbus had a lot of enemies both in Spain and in the, in the New World. So what the left tends to do is they kind of glom onto these records without analyzing the bias that these enemies of Columbus would have. And they, of course, speak up all the atrocities that he supposedly committed. But there's not a lot of other records that are sort of like what we call unbiased or without incentive to malign Columbus. So, so I want to go back to that thing. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, let, let's just make the, uh, the, the timeline a little bit more retard friendly. Okay, so sure. Let's start with, uh, didn't like Amerigo Vespucci or something actually discover, like who actually discovered, I guess, the Western Hemisphere in America? Was well, it Columbus? No, it, it, no it's, well, Columbus, in a sense, is the official right. uh, discoverer. There's evidence that, for example, the Vikings, like Leif Erikson, had discovered Newfoundland, and that there, there's other evidence that other Viking settlements had been founded along what's the east coast of Canada. So then, all right, let, let's set this up, though. So mm -hmm. when Columbus is an explorer, like, where are we at in world history? Like, I, I, I honestly sure. ignorant. Like, what? <laughs> so Spain's like the big territory. But like, what's going on at this time? Like, who are the philosophers? Like, what's yeah. like the time period? I don't even know. This is, this is huge. And this is why we have to, again, situate Columbus in his time and setting. Because if you went back to 1492 and asked some random Spaniard on the street in Madrid or Seville or something like that, what's the biggest event at the end of 1492? Let's say we're J January 1st, 1493, we're celebrating the new year and we randomly asked some Spaniard, what was the biggest event of 1492? None of them would say Columbus finding America. Okay. Right. The biggest event was the Reconquista. That is the Spanish king and queen of Spain, Ferdinand and Isabella of Castile and Aragon, had all these Christian warriors. They were conquistadors, and that's important too. They had conquered all of Spain and Portugal, the Iberian Peninsula, and essentially taken it from the Moors or the Spanish Muslims. And this is what this is so important because Christopher Columbus and Carol Delaney, who's a good historian on this, says that his was a quest for Jerusalem. And what he meant by that was, or what she means by that is his whole goal 
was to raise enough funds and make any exploration of the Indies, which he, again, he thought he had discovered the Indies, so profitable that he could gather enough gold and silver so as to lead a crusade against the Muslims in the Holy Land. Oh, so he was he was actually trying to kill Muslims. It, essentially. Essentially, yes. It, uh, so that's Americans still like that. So we should actually be pro him. This whole thing, he was just trying to, it was a, like enslave the Indians so that you can then go kill some Muslims. Like it was just, he had a goal in mind here. Right. And again, enslaving the Indians, we have to characterize that as, uh, right. again, what does that mean? For example, like helping them find better work. You know, they're yeah. fucking around in teepees. They yeah. could be building buildings that could lead to civilization and more European spreading disease. Exactly. And to, you know, please libertarians, there was no minimum wage for the Indians. So. Right. That that made that makes yeah sense. they got they got they got corn and peyote uh all right so Columbus his dream was Columbus Jewish I've heard that rumor there there is some thought that he was Jewish but I think that's just really spurious he was a really really devout Catholic just uh, something else they wanted to blame on Jews like <laughs> as they started turning yeah. on Columbus and going this guy was a real piece of shit then they all yeah. were like well you know he was Jewish <laughs> and he and he loved gold so you got that going yeah you know? exactly that was the, actually the only piece of evidence they had for the fact that he was a Jew. <laughs> Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, that he was in it for gold. All right. So at that time, I guess the the purpose of the expeditions was like it was spice trade, that if you could go get some spices or other things from other territories, that was like super lucrative. Is that the idea? Yeah. People forget when we talk about the value of spice because we take it for granted. We go to our kitchen and there's a spice rack, right? Right. And there's all that shit, nutmeg, cinnamon, sugar. We take that for granted. But before that, European fare, that is to say Europeans diets were extremely bland even right. for the wealthy. So spices from the Spice Islands, the Southeast of Asia, India, Indian subcontinent were extraordinarily valuable. Isn't it funny? Like uh, people like to, I, I guess, I'm not saying that American food is healthy or mm. that processed food is good, but there's right. something funny that we do have this vision of like, the health of like older times, I guess when people ate more naturally and it's like, dude, they died at 30 and like even the wealthy, I guess we're eating just bland bullshit. Yeah. They're, they're uh, European. There's all these accounts of, especially in times of famine where the Europeans would have to mix like sawdust and clay into their bread just to make it more substantial. Was that a real but, thing? Yeah. What would that, that just sounds like it would clog up your asshole. Uh, uh, there were a lot of clogged assholes. Throughout, <laughs> throughout as long as that's historically accurate. Uh, okay, fine. So we've got Columbus. It's 1942. Christians, they're fighting the Muslims, and he wants to Wait, raise more. 1492? Uh, what, what year did you say? You said 1942. Oh, my bad. Uh, 1492, right? You got uh, Christopher Columbus. He wants to go get himself some Jew gold so that he can go kill some Muslims in the Holy Land. So. What was his fuck up in terms of thinking he was navigating to India and then ending up here? Well, that's another myth about him. He was uh, some people argue that he was a shitty mariner, that he right. just wasn't a good sailor. That's all bullshit. The guy was extraordinarily skilled. He had been through the West Coast of Africa. He had been to North Africa. He had sailed all the way with different crews because he was from Genoa. He's not from Spain. So he was, and there's another thing I have to note about Genoa. We'll get to that in a moment. But anyway, he had sailed all on all these different crews. He had gone as far as Galway in Ireland. So this guy was not just some, it, 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 either he's a very good sailor and captain, or he is the luckiest motherfucker ever <laughs> to not be. And, and then furthermore, people who say he's a bad sailor, he goes to the same, essentially a new world four different times and navigates his way there successfully each time. And goes back home. So the idea that he's just sort of bumbling around or he has some 
divine, uh, well, I guess he may have, he thought he had divine protection, but um, that, that he has some sort of sorcery what a type great of power. level of confidence. He I was wish like, I... No, but I wish I could go back to those times where, uh, you know, you could just take over another because you're white and they're not. So it was God's will that you conquer these other these other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I have I have a couple sources here. If you want to get in there about like how complimentary he was of the, of the Native Americans, he says he, he's surprised. He says, I they're, they're not like pagans. They're not like stupid uh, worshiping uh, gods and things and animals. They're actually very they they sort of understand they're, they're almost monotheistic they believe there's a heavenly power and so he says to in this letter that i have here he's like listen i think these pure people are ready to receive what, what he thought was the greatest thing was the christian gospel and will convert them for the glory of god and and that for that for him to say that and then do all these atrocities seems very strange it, it doesn't work all of his, his another thing was his enemies like a lot of people talk about how there was this Dominican priest there named Bartolome de las Casas, and he's like the defender of the Indians because he wrote a an official letter about the atrocities that the Spaniards were committing. But guess what? Las Casas had slaves. He had large encomienda, and he was a political opponent of Columbus at the time. So again, his, his, his the source is kind of biased. So whereas we know Columbus didn't have any slaves. We don't know that he had any personal slaves himself. What's the run from Columbus to then like the founding of America? Like, why is this even important for American history? Well, it sets the stage for a, this grand, really conflict that comes to fruition and is really intensified by the Protestant Reformation. So you have the formation of these big nation states starting in Europe, really in the 15th, 16th centuries. And they're all going to start competing with one another for wealth, territory, and the like. And then when the Protestant Reformation hits in the early 16th century with Luther and then Calvin, then they take religious sides. And so once they take religious sides, it's France, Spain, Portugal against pretty much England, the Dutch, that is to say the Netherlands. And although Germany's, because Germany's so fractured, it's not an imperial power. They're all in this existential struggle for the, for the next couple centuries, they're all going to be killing each other. And therefore, the New World becomes this theater for those wars and a means by which to, uh, in the case of the Spanish, take a lot of gold and silver so as to fund their military, so as to combat the English in part, in most, or for the most part. So it was basically a place that you could go to to try and grab some resources so you right. could try and kill other people in the name of God. Yes, it, it, for your particular, in your particular name of God, right? Or your right. understanding of God. The uh, what's fascinating, too, and uh, I detail this in a twisted history that people don't really realize is that England didn't really give a shit about colonizing the New World in the beginning because Spain has taken most of the really profitable areas. Right. In Central and South America. And so the English smartly, though, they instead of settling and creating permanent settlements, they just engaged in piracy. I mean, why do all the work of enslaving the natives? Right. And just steal the, all the mining. Just steal it as it's in transport across the Atlantic. It's so fun to sit in a room and be like, uh, yeah, God told me I'm supposed to kill you. And he's like, well, that's weird because God told me I'm supposed to kill you. Exactly. And you're like, well, I guess it's on. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the debate, especially when they couldn't agree on the most simple matters. And it, actually, if you want some entertaining stuff to read in history, read all the like 
things, uh, the exchanges of Luther to war with uh, someone like Thomas More in England. And people think that uh, the, the literature of the time, the history of the time was very clean. Oh, they say the worst shit about each other. Like Thomas More says that he hopes Luther dies of constant bleeding postules from his ass. Nice. And Luther's still a classic, about, even all the way back then. Wishing oh, yeah, anal it, cancer on someone was still funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Anal fissures was a, a thing that to, to ridicule someone about. Yeah. Um, I bet uh, Benjamin Franklin had a dirty asshole. That's what I would guess. Yeah, we addressed that on the last show, and I definitely agree. I mean, he would. I told you uh, he would be. He was famous for air bathing, so he would yeah. just go out and be naked, and uh, he would do that. Give women the, STDs. Elderly. Oh, for sure. He Fuck was, yeah. He definitely had a perfect. Uh, I mean, all right. Before we uh, call it, firstly, it was a pleasure to have you on. Once again, it's yeah. a twisted history of the United States. I recommend it. It is a worthwhile read. Uh, any last and closing out remarks in regards to Christopher Columbus that you think people should be aware of as he's demonized? They cover up his statues. Yeah, he, he was a skilled mariner, a devout Catholic with a mission. And the, the last thing I would say is like when I was talking about that presentism and how we judge Columbus in his time. Uh, the natives, it, it's so selective, that presentism, because the natives never get that sort of uh, trial or, 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 or look at them because the natives were enslaving each other and they were practicing really heinous stuff like cannibalism and brutality and torture. So, But that's never really given a look because of this motif that really comes from a, a shitty part of the Enlightenment that the natives were noble savages. Uh, and and did, uh, did, before I let you go, did Christopher yeah. Columbus ever get his turn with Pocahontas? Like, did they pass her around or was that like an exclusive relationship? Uh, no. Yeah, I think John Smith was pretty exclusive about that one. But yeah, and they, they, she probably didn't encounter Columbus, at least as far as we know. All right. Or, fair enough. You know, yeah. these are these are the things that I like to clarify. Uh, Gary, it's a pleasure having you on. And now I'm going to get into some uh, some financial news later, buddy. All right. See you, buddy. Take care. All right, that was Gary. Go check out his book, A Twisted History of the United States. Let me switch back my uh, headphones here. And, okay, so a couple weeks ago, we got into an episode, and I was talking about the things that were going on with the uh, Bank of England because uh, it seems like they were getting back into quantitative easing. And what's interesting about that is then you start wondering, as all of the central banks seem to work in lockstep, are they changing course are they all going to go from quantitative tightening to quantitative easing, which would mean, hey, inflation, like you got to you got to put all your money into these assets because these assets are going to be going up. Or maybe you want to be holding on to cash because you think that there's going to be deflation. And that's the problem. None of us know what the Fed's going to do. And so, you know, we're all lost. We don't know what to do with our money because the Fed keeps fucking up all the signals all the time. So that was the framework by which we wanted to have a conversation of why the Bank of England seemed to be getting involved and in bailing out BlackRock and the investment that BlackRock had put various pension funds into. So before we start, and I understand that this is somewhat repetitive, but let's be honest, I didn't even understand what I was saying. So you definitely didn't understand my incoherent dribble at that time. So what we're going to do is it's going to be slightly less incoherent dribble this time. And then by like the fifth time I repeat it, we're all going to have clarity on this. And then we can go to other places and be like, you're wrong, and I actually understand this because I listened to Run Your Mouth, and that guy spent 30 minutes reading newspaper articles and then rehashed the ideas that he saw there. All right, 
So let's recap some of my general perspective of the financial markets. One, it's all just a big hostage situation. It's a hostage situation because if anything happens on banks' balance sheets or to you know bigger Wall Street firms or to pension funds, little signals get screwy. And if the signals get screwy showcasing the fact that the financial system is working, then everyone panics and then mainstream people lose their money and the whole system collapses. So there's a bit of a hostage situation that since all of our money is wrapped into the system, these players will get a bailout because if their shit folds, if their investments fold, then you end up with all this leverage coming out of the system. Things start collapsing. You get signals of the fact that the whole thing is corrupt, that there isn't actually as much money as they claim exists. Everything's leveraged. It's a fucking house of cards of, well, I've got this asset from that guy. And so I deposit in his bank. And then he's like, well, I've got this asset. He deposits in that. And the thing just keeps fucking pyramiding where you think that there's all this money and the money doesn't exist. And so all of a sudden, if one of the cards starts collapsing, which would happen to the banks first, the Fed instantly comes in and goes, oh, we can't have that collapse because everything else is going to collapse. So it's a bit of a hostage situation. Um, All right, next is rising interest rates should not require a bailout. When we're in a low interest rate environment, you can figure that over a long enough time frame, interest rates are going to go up. If you have a plan for pension fund holders, and this is a hedge, so you would think you're using the most sophisticated minds in all of Wall Street to come up with something that's hedging the pension fund portfolio, a rise in interest rates should not require a government bailout to keep your pension fund solvent. That does not make any sense in any capacity. It is quite natural that at some given point in time, interest rates are going to go up. In fact, it's a very odd bet that you would be betting against interest rates going up when interest rates are very low. And then it's an even odder bet to be doing that in a highly leveraged way that could take down the entire financial system. So let's just understand that the health of this entire operation can't be all that great if a slight uptick or an increase in interest rates is bankrupting what's supposed to be one of your more, uh, I would think, conservative investments. Um, Next is if you have bailouts like this, then like it's just everything's socialized. Anytime that there's ever going to be a loss, the government just comes in and it bails them out. And so it's like, how can I explain this? All right. Imagine, wait, I need like 10 seconds. Can we all have 10 seconds of silence? And you guys can think, uh, think of you, create them again in your heart and thank them for all the support that they give us. Um, I don't have the example. I'm going to have to come back. I have an idea in my head, but I feel like if I if I say it, it's going to be too dribbly. And so I need I need it to be a little bit more of a stream. But I've logged the thought. I'm going to come back to that example at another uh, point in time. Um, it would appear to me that they're using leverage uh, to cover a Ponzi scheme. So just keep that keep that line in your head because you're going to you're going to find out as I uh, divulge the bigger picture of what happened here that. They were using leverage, a very risky investment, so that they could cover the losses of the general Ponzi scheme. Now, my sources here, I was reading through Zero Edge, New York Times, Wall Street, MoneyWise, and BlackRock statements because uh, I didn't actually source everything. All right. So let's take a look at what was going on. Um, so, by the way, 
the Bank of England seems to be engaging in more bond buying, which is why it's interesting because it's in the backdrop of whether or not all the central banks are also going to have to be uh, be forced to go to quantitative easing. And I believe that this just showcases the fact that this entire system, it's uh, one big facade. It's one big facade. And they're constantly going to have to bail out the banks because if just a slight increase in interest rates is leading to failures in pension funds, then just think about all the possible moves that could happen on the board and all the failures that could possibly exist. And if they're bailing out this one, they're going to be bailing out all of them. All right. So let's give a little bit of the backdrop to what happened here. You've got 10% inflation uh, in uh, in the UK, uh, which would mean that there would be a need to raise interest rates because you're going to be engaging in some, let's say, monetary tightening. Then apparently government comes along and they start making all sorts of uh, crazy announcements. Uh, and it would seem that interest rates are going to be going up. All right. What were my notes here? Buying own product raises demand and interest rate needed. Oh, right. So then you have the government steps in and they have to finance their debt. And since they have to finance the debt, no, let me explain this better. We're in complicated territory, everybody. So work with me here. The government is trying to bring down the yield on bonds. Yield on bond is the interest rate that needs to be paid. What's an interest rate? It's what you're going to have to pay somebody to take on the debt, right? So if someone thinks that it's risky, that they might not get repaid, they're going to demand more of an interest rate. The more you think you're not going to get paid, the more risk you do in having to make that loan, the more of a price that you're going to have to uh, pay that person. So all of a sudden the government ends up in a, uh, or stated, stated differently, because it's not just a function of risk. Let's say you really need your money. There's not a lot of money available. Let's say you only have enough money for your month and like to go on one date. So what's the cost at which you'll give up that extra $60? Let's just say your rent is $600, right? You spend $400 a month on food and you're earning $1,100 a month. So you've got $100 that you can spend on, on, on stupid shit. All right. So what would it cost for you to give up that hundred dollars excess money that you have? Are you going to give it up for, for 10%? Are you going to give it up that hundred dollars that you have that you can go have one night and go out and have fun? What are you going to give that up for? Are you going to give it up for $10? Would someone have to give you $50? What is the cost by which you would be willing to give up that money? So if all of a sudden there's less money available, and you need more of your own money, someone's going to have to pay you more for you to give up the money. Everyone with me here? So there's two factors that would go into the interest rate that someone would have to give you. One is the risk. Two is how much money is currently available. If there's not a lot of money available, then you're going to more likely need your money and people are going to have to pay you more to loan it to them. So the government sometimes ends up in a problem where there aren't that many buyers of its debt. So the government steps in and it starts buying its own debt. But think about like how much that just doesn't really make sense. If the problem is like that you don't have enough money available and then you're spending more of your own money to buy more of your own product, it all starts sounding very much like it's always sunny, circular nonsense. To me, this is almost like if you had uh, like buildings, you're like renting rental units uh, and the prices start coming down on the rental units because there isn't enough demand for the rental units. 
And so you start renting some of your own rental units so you can pretend like there's a higher occupancy that there is. And now you can dictate the prices on the other one. Well, but then I'm spending, I'm spending more money to try and get other people to spend money that they don't have. The whole point is that at the current price, nobody wants to buy the thing. There isn't enough demand. So then the price has to come down. I'm trying to charge $700 on a rental unit and nobody's buying it. And so the signal is, oh, I better lower this to $400 and then maybe people will be interested. But instead of doing that, I go out and purchase my own units so that I can support the price floor of $700. I mean, just if you take a step back and you look at this for any other product, does that make sense? It sounds to me like, I, I mean, it just sounds fucking screwy because the whole system is screwy. All right, so let's continue. Wolf Street, very good website on this stuff. So his analysis was correcting the bad debt. What was my note here? Wall Street analysis of correcting bad debt don't matter um, announcements. Right. So he was saying that essentially the UK made a couple aggressive announcements, I think, in regards to tax cuts and other money spending. And as a result, that increased um, the uh, interest rate because I guess there was... Uh, People were expecting more inflation based off of the current UK policies on top of the 10% inflation that existed. I'm not 100% on this point. I'm filling in the blanks from what I remember reading this morning. And so as a result, there was a rapid increase in the price of the gilts, which are the uh, government bonds. Um, a gilts is actually a technical term, not just for UK bonds, but bonds of a higher grade. But in this case, we're referring to it um, in terms of government bonds. And so in this case, there was a quick distortion of market signals. Pricing went up, 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 and so they had to step in. I call bullshit on that because it seems to me like these products were going to fail no matter what, and I will explain to you why. So what were these products called? There were liability-driven investments. Funds went down in volume. Uh, all right. So and to explain what happened with the liability-driven investments um, is that with interest rates going up, these fell in value. The reason why they fell in value is that essentially they owned bonds at current prices. And so if the interest rate goes up, then your bonds fall in value. Very simple. If you own bonds, don't buy bonds. to. If bonds are currently at 1% and you think next year the government's going to start paying 4%, don't buy a bond with a 1% coupon rate because then it's going to be uh, because since it's earning less every single year, all of a sudden you have to devalue it relative to owning those other bonds and you will have lost money. Go take a finance class on time value of money. But that's essentially it in a nutshell. So if you think interest rates are going up and you buy in your owning current day bonds, yeah, you're going to fuck yourself. Now, take a step back and understand that this is the entirely the problem of living in low interest rates environments is that if you have people like pension and retirement funds and they want something that is stable, then people with money lose out when there's a low interest rate because then they can't earn money on their money. So if you have a lot of savings, it's very nice if you can just park that shit in a bank, buy CDs and make four, five, six, seven, eight percent When that environment doesn't exist, it forces you to do riskier shit. Now, if you're in a pension fund, you have a bit of a problem because you want to pretend like, well, firstly, pension funds are underfunded, which is part of the whole Ponzi scheme and it ties into this. But essentially, you want to find things with a stable return with minimum risk. But when government creates low in low uh, interest rate environments, those products don't exist. So you're kind of fucked. And so here, we're going to find out So what happened here. So what they did was 
they did extreme leverage on uh, basically, it, it's not so much they were betting on falling interest rates. What they did was you had low coupon paying bonds. And so I don't even understand the product that they seem to invest in for themselves, but they created like options on bonds so that they were ultra leveraged. So allow me to explain. Let's say I wanted to buy, uh, um, uh, let, let's call it run your mouth. I put up run, run your mouth stock and the run your mouth stock is at a hundred dollars a stock. I've done very well in my IPO. You can buy run your mouth stock for a hundred dollars a share. So if you want to buy a share, you're going to have to put up a hundred dollars, but there's another option for how you can get in on investing in run your mouth corporation. You can buy options and the options are only going to cost you a dollar, right? So now all of a sudden, instead of buying one share, you could spend a hundred dollars and buy the options for a lot more shares. What's the actual math on that? Man, am I out of the fucking financial racket? I would think a thousand because usually when you purchase an option, it's the option. No, I guess you're buying the option on one share. So a hundred dollars would be give you, yeah, it's 10 X a hundred dollars would give you the option to buy a hundred shares as opposed to a hundred dollars buying you one share. Right. And so if you buy the options, um, the movements are going to pay you out a lot more. So they did something similar in bonds in that they weren't actually buying the bonds. They were somehow buying a leverage position on the bonds so that they could make back more of the, uh, um, the interest rate payments because the interest rate payment on a, on like a typical bond. Firstly, this entire thing makes no fucking sense because the entire idea of a bond is I'm going to actually loan you a full hundred dollars and then you're going to, because I have access to capital that you don't. And so you're going to pay me 4% on it. So as to how you create a leveraged uh, product that's going to pay you out the interest rate on money that you didn't put up already makes no fucking sense. And then the idea that you somehow have a leveraged position in bonds in a low interest rate environment, also fucking stupid. Okay. Now, here's what they claim. So these people, they got this uh, LDI, which is some extreme leverage position so that they can somehow find uh, risk-free yield in uh, environments with low interest rates. Because what's happening with their pension funds is that they have to forecast being able to pretend like the Ponzi scheme's alive and that they can pay everyone out on a set schedule. And so the only way that they can do that is by creating another leveraged product with money. In other words, they don't have enough money in the system to pay out the pension liabilities that exist. It's a fucking Ponzi scheme. So they create some new leveraged product with, with, with money that doesn't exist once again, because we're talking about that they're using leverage uh, so that they can collect the yield on the money that they haven't even lent. I know that this makes no fucking sense because it makes no sense. And then, by the way, I invite anyone on the show that wants to explain to us the way that these LDI products were, were working because no one really explains it. I'm giving you guys the general picture from what I can ascertain. And if it makes no sense, it's because the whole fucking thing is nutty. But it's good to understand the nuttiness of it. All right. So then what happens is these people need to hit their margin calls. And so in order to hit their margin calls, what they're doing is they're selling, I think they're selling off. I could have this backwards once again. Jesus Christ, I really thought I had this in in uh, in, in order. They could be, they're selling off their gilts so that they can raise money to hit their margin call. No, they're buying gilts. They're buying gilts so that they have more collateral on their LDIs. And since they're buying gilts, they're further... No, they'd have to be selling it, which would be sending the interest rate further up, which created the death spiral. There you go. Because as the interest rates go up, their product's worth worse. 
they're more at risk at a margin call. And so to hit their collateral requirements, they're selling off the gilts, which is further driving up the, uh, which is further driving up the interest costs. And so the government comes in and they bail them out. And of course they claim, well, it was just, it was the, the speed at which all of this was going on. All right. So let's get into a little bit more of what the LDI products were. And once again, if you're wondering like, why are we in the weeds on this one product? It's because this is just one product. You think this is the only product that they have on the board? You think this is the only risky asset that exists in all these people portfolios? Or does it sound like a movement in any direction is going to require some sort of a Fed bail bailout to correct what they've done for the elite players? All right. This is from marketsmedia.com. One of the many challenges these pension plans face is how to ensure that the value of their investment matches the amount they need to pay out retirees. The value of future pension payments is prone to fluctuations with the rate of measure such as inflation and bond yields, requiring the pension plans to mitigate or hedge those risks if they can. The amount retirement plans are expected to pay out to their members in the future are also known as liabilities and so-called liability-driven investing or LDI strategies aim to match the value and time horizon of their current assets to those future liabilities. So here's the marketing for it. Hey, we're running a Ponzi scheme. Uh, pension funds don't actually work, especially the government ones. And so we've got a product with a fancy name that's going to be able to fix the hole in the Ponzi scheme. That's what they're describing here. All right, let's read some more. In recent decades, we have been in an environment of low and falling bond yields in the UK. This market environment has meant the present value of those pension fund liabilities, whose amount grows as bond yields fall, was often larger than the value of their current assets. That is, the pension funds had shortfalls. They were in deficit. In other words, it's a Ponzi scheme. Pension fund does not have the money to pay out all the people that are retiring that are going to need that money. One way retirement plans to minimize possible shortfalls is by using some of a given fund's asset to borrow capital so that the scheme can invest further to grow the value of their current investments for the benefit of future retirees. In other words, we don't have enough money, so we're going to place riskier bets. What we're going to do is we're going to borrow money so that hopefully we get more returns on the money that we borrowed and we can cover our shortfalls. This has been standard practice for many defined benefit retirement schemes in the UK for more than 20 years. Given some pension funds have less assets than liabilities, there's a need for schemes to use borrowing to get both the necessary exposure to liability, sensitive assets, as well as exposure to growth assets like equities to help make up these shortfalls. In other words, they don't have enough money. They need to borrow money, take riskier bets, and hope that they can cover their losses. Sounds like a Ponzi scheme. What went wrong? I believe that this is from a different newspaper article. The way LDIs works is that to arrange coverage, funds put up collateral and if yields rise, they have the top up that collateral because the underlying asset, the gilt, is worth less. Normally, funds can easily meet this margin call. They have liquid assets and cash and usually have days or weeks to make the payments. What went wrong was that the yields rose so sharply that the managers had to come up with the cash in a number of hours, says Howe Jones on Reuters. On Reuters. Many funds didn't have enough spare cash to meet the calls. They were into the next most liquid asset gilt with funds typically holding a lot of long-term inflation-linked variety. This is what they always like to claim. It's just, it's the speed. Firstly, it's still cheating. It's still cheating if the Fed comes in and they bail you out because things didn't happen at the speed at which you had anticipated. But in this case, you guys are ultra-leveraging that bonds yields are going to stay at the same. It's such a dumb fucking bet. And so everyone's making this play. But the problem is it's because it's I, I, you're basically the government's bailing themselves out on pension funds 
and trying to pretend that they work. All right. You guys want a safe asset? Something that's definitely going to pay off? It's sheathunderwear.com. You just go to sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM. You get yourself 20% off and you can present your goods for the holiday. Look at the holiday line. You're telling me you don't want to see your girlfriend wrapped up in some sheath? Or your girlfriend doesn't want to see your junk bulge all up in this Christmas decorations? This is, I know it's early. I just want to let you guys know in advance. Get yourself some fucking sheath shit. Start getting in the holiday spirits and seasons. And they got they got they got all sorts of new stuff coming out. And you use promo code RYM. You can get yourself uh 20% off. All right. I hope you guys feel informed. So the question for you, Miss. I hope that that makes you feel better about the financial world and all the chaos that's going on. Uh, but before we call an episode, it's time to come down from YouTube as we discuss a topic in regards to uh, COVID. And this is going to close out the show. And for all you folks listening, there's going to be a whole second half to this episode. We've already done an hour and there's like another hour and a half coming at you, which is going to be the fourth in series of the hate watch party, which I think it's going to have to be the last of the uh, Hillary Clinton show. I don't think I can bear to watch another episode. Not there, there isn't even enough that happens in it to like make jokes at because Hillary Clinton doesn't talk. She sits there and she nods and then she smiles and she laughs awkwardly. It's it. it I, I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't get the point of the show. I would like to continue doing the podcast with Brian, but I think we're going to have to collect um, uh, collect other and broader clips because I don't know if I have it in me to watch another episode of uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, and then once again. Uh, links in the episode description. The one ticket I already have for sale is the show with Scott Horton. And then I got other Texas dates coming at you. If for some reason you've got a spot in Houston, St. Louis, Phoenix, Arizona, or Kansas to do a show, uh, let me know. And that's probably going to be also upstate New York. I think we're going to do like upstate New York and Albany. Um, and possibly quite possibly. Oh, St. Michael coming through with the recommendation of subtitles on hate watch. That is a good idea. Um, uh, Quite possibly, if I get another end of year together, we'll do a New Hampshire and Boston run, but that's not looking likely. All right, let's get into this last piece of content for the episode, unless you're listening, uh, in which case you can check out the entire uh, second half, which will be with Brian from Lions Liberty. All right, let's remove this. All right, here we go. Small, where I would like a clear answer, please. So there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping immunization before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. And from that point of view, we had to do everything at risk. I think our Dr. Budla, even though he's not here, would turn around and say to himself, uh, if not us, then who? Um, Dr. Budla. I'll answer that. Mother nature. <laughs> Natural immunity. 
from a thing that science created, uh, but in a lab uh, with Fauci's, you know, funding. Not quite. I mean, that's a little bit of egregious, but uh, we would have been fine. And remember, hey, we, we if you get this, you're, you're not going to get sick. You're not going to get other people sick, which then turned out to be not true. And even Deborah Burks herself said in a Senate hearing, yeah, I knew that that wasn't true. Well, if you're wanting to know what evidence did they ever have to suggest the fact that it was going to prevent you from uh, giving other people the virus, which was the basis for vaccine passports, lockdowns, keeping us out of restaurants, the basis of the entire thing. Well, I don't know how it took a whole two years to get a person from Pfizer in front of a committee, not even in America, to go, nope, we never studied that. Well, what exactly did you guys study? Because originally you didn't pitch it to us on, hey, if you get this, you're more, you're less likely to die. That was not the original pitch. The original pitch was, you're not going to get sick. You're not going to give this to other people. Now, maybe there's some trickery here where this guy asked it about a spreading infection. And maybe you could give these people technical credit. Well, we thought you wouldn't get infected. And so if you're not getting infected, we figured you wouldn't spread it. And so you're just asking me in the rare situation where someone was infected. But I think this is dead to rights right here. I mean, and and then we got to ask our world leaders, where was this conversation two years ago? I don't understand why it was conspiracy for two years to go. Why am I being discriminated against? Particularly if I've already had Corona, then what evidence do you have that your vaccine's working better? But now a full two years later, we finally get admission that there was never even a study. They never even claimed that the thing was going to prevent transmission. Well, then... What basis by which did the CDC, FDA, and all of our politicians enact all the policies that they did? And then if they want to take a step back and go, oh, I guess we fucked up. Well, then fine. All right, I'll give it to you. Everyone fucked up. You got the world's worst system in the world here where Pfizer Pfizer gets to uh, misrepresent its marketing material to you guys. You guys then run with their misrepresented marketing materials, and it's like a game of telephone where then the media then runs with that, and then it becomes two years later, and you find out that it was all dumb. Well, then if that's the case, and you guys at least want to step forward and say that, well, then one, tech censorship's just got to go away because apparently... The internet's got a better track record here. And so you're better off leaving this information to people like me. People are actually better off listening to people like me and getting better and more accurate worldview because we're at least willing to think critically and question where you guys are just taking Pfizer marketing material and not even asking them, hey, are you guys standing by this? You're just going with like the misrepresented marketing material, like a fucking game of telephone. And then I also don't understand why this shit always like because I've seen other videos like this and they seem to uh, come out from like random countries in Europe. And then I don't even know if I'm quite watching an executive and maybe this executive's on the B team. And if he actually got Burma Burla carpet salesman up there, he'd spin some different tale. But this was on Twitter yesterday. Not as easy to find on Twitter today. And uh seems like at least the Corona story is really starting to fall apart. All right, that's it. Time for a nap. Talked myself tired. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you guys enjoy the second half. Uh, buy some fucking tickets. Show up to the comedy shows. I got an act. We're trying to sped the message. Come out. Have a good time. Have some laughs. Live podcast. Going to be a good time. That's our show. Thanks for hanging out. Have a lovely day. And if uh, you're at Skankfest, come say hi.
Greetings, everybody. Welcome back. We're doing a fourth episode of In Popular Demand, the show where we hate watch Hillary Clinton. Uh, and we try and make it more pal palpable. Palatable? Palatable? That's the word I'm looking palatable. for. Pal palatable. Palatable. Yeah. She, because... pallets, she pallets pallets by the pallet store. Because <laughs> it's unwatchable, <laughs> but if we keep the volume real low and talk over most of it, then you can somewhat get through it. I think we gotta. I think we have to put the volume slightly higher, though. I was listening back the last episode. And I think it was too low, so people I, can't hear it. So it has to be a little bit louder so they can hear it. Otherwise, it's just awkward uh, because it's just us sitting quietly watching it and other people confused. I feel like we're uh, doing Hillary a favor. Like, if anything, the producers well, should be thanking true. us for making the show. Like, the fact that you can't even hear it other than when we comment <laughs> on it. I feel like that actually gives it more context than the way it is initially cut together. And we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode of Hate Watch, the Democratic National Committee, uh, dnc.org. Uh, hey, I'll take it. I'll take their money if uh, if they want to reach <laughs> out. Uh, all right. So, uh, what do you got going on in your world? What's going uh, on? Dude. Cooking in Lions of Liberty Land. Well, Lions of Liberty Land is, is cooking fine. We're doing a, a tra we're, we're switching to Spotify, which is weird. But uh, it's always like it's always funny though. And this is behind the scenes shit. I won't talk too much about it. But anytime you switch a podcast feed from one publisher to another, it's it's always an annoyance. So we're dealing with that. But I wanted to tell you that I became the mayor of Hawthorne today. Oh, and also I'm drinking I'm drinking the the wild turkey rare. It's great, right? It's good. It gives you a little bit of heartburn, but I don't mind it because it means I'm getting drunker faster. You just need a I mean actually I'm not on ice, but I think an ice cube will uh will temper that. Does it I, I always drink neat. I'm a neat man. I like ice cubes, but sometimes I'm too lazy for ice. So I don't currently I don't, have I, any ice. I like my liquor like my ladies. Warm. There you go. Beware I find... a man that beware a man that doesn't like his women warm, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um it... it just needs to be slippery. You can be dead as long as it's slippery. As long as someone's greased it up. I just don't like well, it dry. Warm is not a... warm is not the more important of the variables. Especially if you're wearing uh... a rubber. It's like you're like the, the heat the heat's not adding that much to the equation. As much as it just not being dry, yeah, the dryness is bad. Is that and I can, that... I can work with dry. Don't get me wrong. I'll, uh, oh, I'll, I'll get, I'll get through the animal balloon sounds and pretend like everyone's having fun. Well, that's why people, people think Robbie the fire is from you like spitting fire, <laughs> but no, the fire is from Robbie fucking old women's dry yes, vaginas and the exactly on fire. Yeah, that's why it's it's like rubbing two sticks together in the wilderness. And you'd be awesome on naked and afraid. Because you would just be able to to dry fuck somebody to start a fire, and you don't have to bring the flint. Wouldn't it be great if in the first episode of one of those, they get together and a guy actually convinces a lady that they can make a fire that way, and then <laughs> they have sex, and then he's like, all right, I quit. It's like, look, we have to stay together to be warm. And he just slides it in. And he's yeah. just like, I'm out. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> and like, like, we just got here. Like, nah, we're good. I did it. So Get me the funny. fuck out of this jungle. Oh, 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 I got a legend forever. <laughs> now, uh, do you think if, if that happened, would it make it to air? No, no, because every guy, because every guy would be applied to do just that. You know, guys with no, no, what's it? QPR or like whatever they call it, like the survival rating. The guys with zero survival rate would be like, I just get me on the show, man. I know the tactic now. <laughs> 
I would love also if somebody just was like, it, it just started off like, look, we're both going to be gross and spewing diarrhea, so let's just fuck now and get it done. Like just. It, oh, like, that's not a that's not a it's bad a strategy. Strong pitch. It's not the problem is women don't think that way. Uh, I know they're not logical. They're not. Practical. Yeah, yeah, but that that's a great pitch of like. Listen, in five or six days from now, you're going to have grown attached to me and you're going to want to have sex. And it's going to be really gross because we will have been out here. It's going to smell. So let's just do it now. Let's yeah, do it while we're fresh and tidy. Let's do it before you become a yeast monster. Nobody yeah. wants that. I used to have uh, a joke. I don't tell it anymore. I haven't told it in a bunch of years, but it was uh, about like that it's dangerous hanging out with women that are like cooler than you are. And what I was talking about, and I've had this experience, not in a while, because I, 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 I'm more normal and I hang out with people that are more normal. I thought you but... were just going to say you don't really hang out with women anymore. <laughs> um, well, that might be accurate, too. I just stay home and podcast and pretend <laughs> like this is a life. Um, <laughs> no, but it was about like when you're like, when you're done, I, I think there's a stereotype of a man feeding drinks to a lady what joe jorgensen was describing of dave smith's strategy for getting laid i've had the opposite where like a lady wants to stay out drinking and like you're done but you're hanging out in the pocket to get laid but it's like beyond the point of reasonable drinking and my, my i now I'm, I'm now not i'm like describing what my joke was about without any of the lines but it was essentially about like i know where this is going like we're not gonna be able to have sex if we continue drinking and we're gonna try so like let's just call it a night i, I don't like know why i brought this up though. that's that's interesting see i've i um uh, in a different way because that is funny like say like we're not gonna have sex if we've been drinking too much i've never had that thought by the way I'm, uh, never in my life well it's like hey we'll, we'll make it work we'll have it we'll make right it work. but i also i will say that mentality of like having to stay out like that's the only reason the only reason i'm glad i'm married the only reason, because having to go through that. I just, I don't have that anymore. I don't have that anymore. Awful. I just, I just, Awful. I just would leave. I would yeah. not like, yeah, it's just not, I, I don't know. I haven't been, I have not been stuck in that situation in six or seven years. Have you ever had a surefire chick that you could have sex with that you just left because she was too annoying and not worth the effort? Because there was one chick, she was literally a, a, a uh, this is a true story, a chick that I knew uh, and had, been with before right who was a uh a, a queen a beauty queen of a state like she was that good looking but she was so annoying that she was all over it. i was like i i just can't i was like i talked to my friend i just left the bar because she was so annoying i couldn't deal with her a hundred percent i actually have that um it, i like i need to like you now i can I can break the rules on that, that if I don't know you and we're drinking, like, then I like you because I'm yeah. hammered and I don't know you. You know what I mean? But, like, if I've already done that once and I know I don't like you, I can't be around you. That's, like, I, that was what it was. Yeah. yeah. That was what it was. I was like, I have learned that I dislike you and now it's just, I, I, yeah, you can't talk yourself into it. Yeah, it just doesn't feel good. You're like, I, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I don't know. I So, yes, the answer is I've definitely hung out with people and then realized I didn't like them. And then it's like, what am I? It, then it's weird. It's like, what, am I going to try and spend time with someone that I don't like? Right. And then and then it, it like and and also I'm not good at I think other people are better at being mean than I am where you'll be like, yeah, come over and bang you and leave. Like, I'm not that per I'll be like, ah, shit, yeah. I got to take this person out for dinner now. Like, 
You know what I mean? Like I, I start being really nice and then I leave and then I complain to other people that I was nice to that person where I was like, what am I? So I know I'm more like I, I did not have you around. That's more yeah. my mentality. Well, while we're talking about ladies, I don't know if you noticed this, Rob, but uh, number one, a lady watched our hate watch episode recently. Which she called us one, not gay, which I now, think well, that was well, a win. Well, let's not skip forward. Number one, <laughs> ladies, we don't need you fucking up our ratio. Uh, stop watching our show. We are. We no, you're that you're married. I advertising I, base. We have an advertising base. We need to okay. read sheath, with sheath underwear. Promo code RYM, 20% off. <laughs> and dick pills, and you're fucking up the ratio. So Wait, you have a dick pill here. sponsor? No, no, I, I'll take one, though. I'll take I would sheath, love it. I'll take sheath if you want to refer them to me. I don't <laughs> like sheath, though. <laughs> Ooh, no, bold words. I take you it back. Take what, it back. D- dick's too big for it? Dude, I, it's weird, man. It's, it rubs on the base of my cock. I I don't know. It's it's uncomfortable. You know, you can just wear them as briefs. You don't have to. Uh, you don't well, have to I'm plunge into the hole. That, if I'm gonna just wear them as briefs, well, whatever. Wait, they're your sponsor. But yes, this woman throwing off our ratio, and right. Then says that we uh, are kind of gay for doing pop culture breakdowns. Okay. I mean, you know, my response to that is if. Doing pop culture breakdowns is gay. Well, then so is my stalking, murdering, and eating several gay men. <laughs> well, <laughs> just I I just thought. I just responded that we are gay. What are you, what are you talking about? Kind of gay. That's uh, that's our whole thing. We'd be the worst gays, though. You can't have two bald gays. Not together. You just look like (laughs) you need something to balance out. You can't like you can't be this masculine and broy gay. It just doesn't work. (laughs) We'd both be like. Remember when George Costanza on Seinfeld one, like uh, to rub his head in oil and then rub it over someone's body. It's just that's just us, but in a circle, trying to rub our bald heads on each other's asses, like going in a circle because we can't reach it around and around, like like Curly and the fucking Three Stooges. There you go. The floor. I, I like that the uh, the run your mouth fans are uh, coming and uh, they're 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 <laughs> letting coming. yeah well that too they jerk off to our pretty faces but they're letting everyone know that sheath is in fact the most comfortable underwear in existence. You know what? I will acknowledge that fact if they uh, sponsor Lions of Liberty. Until there you that, go. Until that point well, comes, they 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 I, chase I, the base of my giant cock. I think we have to get you a better pair. I'm not sure what you were wearing. I feel like maybe you ended up with uh, unsanctioned sheath underwear from <laughs> a off. discount sheath supplier that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't sheath in all of its glory. Uh, because prior to sheaths, I was not a briefs guy. I like I like letting them hang loose. Um, I mean, I wore uh, boxers, but I didn't like briefs. Uh, but I I do enjoy sheath, particularly for exercise. Particulatures are separated from my discolatures. Um, we'll get you a better pair of sheaths. I, I'm not sure which uh, ones you were that you weren't vibing with. They got different lines and models, and right, I'm are sure. You gonna fl- are you going to fly out and fit me? Yes. Do you, do you come out and fuck the <laughs> when, balls in the cock? When, you're like, all right, you seem like a medium. You pull my dick and my balls apart. You're like, you're. No, before large. before we do our our epic cum race, I'll pretend like I'm ah, fitting yes. you. Do and what I'll do is audience. I'll get I'll get something that f- contracts on the nuts to ensure that I I can pull ahead. <laughs> to, to to fill you all in, uh, we talk about cum, but I'm pumped. Fill you all in. Um, yeah, right. When Robbie was here at my house for the uh, the porch tour. In LA, we had a uh, we decided that we have uh, have to do a a cum race 
where we're both going to come in a cup and just, and find out whose sperm or more. No, more we're gonna, but we're going to build an actual course so that we can like. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're not yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. easy for them. No, it's right. not going to be easy. And I think we should put some beta fish in there too. So like, you know, you, there's something hunting to come. Oh, like a Pac-Man type course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, it'd be great. I don't know what we do for like the power ups to make the sperm super strong. Do you think, uh, well, maybe you could get like a current type thing going that can like move the come along in spots. Hmm. Like, did we, uh, just, did we just figure it, did we just come, come up, come up with a uh, cure for infertility? Which is just like blowing into, like somebody comes at a chick and we just blow into it like a Nintendo cartridge. Like Ooh, not bad. Maybe and we just go. <laughs> no, you can maybe get like a tube. You can probably get like a tube type thing that you yeah. put in there. We could at least just sell it and pretend like it works. Maybe make some Jew money. During COVID, they were selling cards people were wearing around their necks that were. They were selling masks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're canceled. Pull yeah. it down on YouTube right now. Oh, by the way, I see your YouTube strike champion. By the way, Lions of Liberty also. Uh, struck from YouTube for 10 days because of something I said on an episode four months ago. I, I have no fucking clue. Oh, they, you know, I find that they don't usually strike for things down the archive. It's Dude, usually they, only fresh, fresh things. Nope. They, oh no, not, not for, not for good old Lions of Liberty. No, we never get strikes on fresh shit. It's all old crap that they found. They dig it up and they strike us. So we're on Rumble. Listen to go follow us on Rumble. And, uh, and you gotta and, get on Odyssey. Yeah, I'm on. We're on Odyssey too. But here's the best part, right? You know, like you can challenge it and be like, "Hey, yes. can you can you review this?" Like, "Hey, this is bullshit." I, I, it, we've never gotten any notification. I go in there, it says you're banned from posting, and it said um, review denied. So, oh, and you and you hadn't even put in a review. No, no. Oh, interesting. No, just just fuck, just fuck you, just fuck you, lines of liberty. Fuck the butts. Did um did you find I, I find that my strikes seem to come when the content is picking up momentum, so it's like it, it almost Probably. seems it seems like the algorithm notices that you're getting over a threshold of audience views and new viewers checking out the channel, and then and then I'll get a strike, which basically just cools the channel. That's very very possible. Uh, probably probable. Yeah, I can't say it for fact, but uh, all right. Anything else going on in uh, in your world? I don't know. We just did I'm, 15 minutes I'm, on cum for no, no, no particular reason. That's 15 minutes too little. Uh, <laughs> I was I became the mayor of Hawthorne. How today. wait? So Hawthorne is what a district? That's, that's my town. Uh, I live in. It's my my city within LA County. Uh, I went to watch the Eagles game today at a, a bar right down the street from me, a block away, and there was a dude just. High off his fucking ass on shrooms. Good for him. Beyond fucked up. But I convinced him that I was the mayor of Hawthorne to the point where he was apologizing to me that he had not voted. He asked me when the next election is, promising me that he was going to vote for me, and then uh, thanking me for my community service. So, but I'm the mayor of Hawthorne. That doesn't actually make you the mayor of Hawthorne. That just means doesn't one... It, it, doesn't it, though? You're I mean, saying who actually who who actually knows who the mayor of uh, do you know? Well, you're in a big city, in a small city. Do these people know who the mayor is? I didn't know no. that small. 
I didn't know that s small districts of bigger cities even had their own mayors. Oh, I'm Robbie. I live in New York City. <laughs> I don't. You I, guys live in, have I live in mayors. Do you I, guys <laughs> have city buses? I, I I can't believe the world outside of my big city. I live in Stanford, Connecticut, which has a mayor, but I don't what? think the. I thought you were in New York. No, I, I, uh, but like, I don't think the Bronx has its own mayor. I don't think Brooklyn has its own mayor. It's just well, one mayor are, those for are New York. Neighborhoods. Those aren't, those are neighborhoods though. Those are Wait, boroughs. Hawthorne's not considered a, like, I thought Hawthorne's a part of LA. It's a part of LA County, but it's its own city. I don't get so the way have, LA works. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, man. Uh, yeah. L yeah. Hawthorne's got like, it's a city, like the city of Beverly Hills, but it's in LA County. So LA County could put like for COVID example, right? Right. LA County was going to do uh mask mandate bullshit again. And the city of Beverly Hills went, go fuck your mother. Right. And the city of Hawthorne was like, go fuck your father. And then <laughs> the LA County went, you know what? Never mind. So like the, you still have that ability. So, you know, I really didn't understand this when I was doing the show by you, and I think you were trying to explain it to me. Because I just figured that L.A. is like New York and all these sub-things were like Bronx, Brooklyn. But I guess everyone considers their own, like, each one's its own city. Yeah, they have, they have their own mayors and their own, like, uh, So then why, why do you even have L.A. County? What is that, like, just be the state of, so the state of California. Money and power, dude. That's why. That's the only reason why anything exists. Money and power. Does the uh, does LA County have its own have an additional mayor? LA County doesn't have a mayor. There's a mayor of Los Angeles. Uh, LA County has its own. So Los Angeles is who are like so who are like ele elected uh, you know dictators, but not a mayor. Like there's a mayor of Los Angeles, right? There's but that's only LA City. And then there's the board of supervisors who oversees LA County. And they are also ass clowns. To the All right. Group. We're being more boring than Hillary Clinton right this now. Is so, very yeah. Let's, but let's celebrate. St. Michael said, hooray. We, uh, Haywatch is officially not gay. Number one, Michael, let's not let's jump not to conclusions. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. We don't, we don't know yet where this could go. Robbie and I's relationship is evolving. That's and, true. Uh, I, and I just saw, by the way, good news that uh, a judge recently ruled that polygamous relationships of uh, more than two people also have the same protections as marriages. So if you and I bring in some hot chick and, uh, well, I guess my wife wouldn't be happy, but let's just say theoretically, I just want to back. I can watch. And... Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't need to get it. I can watch. I, I can work oh, with this that. Is dynamite. So we just get all the tax benefits. You chip it on the rent. You just watch right. the quarter. This is great. Wait, yeah. so, um, wait, so where is this that you can poly polyga polygamize people? Uh, um, I can't remember. I just saw it randomly pop up. Cause it's yeah, it's a nice PayPal bullshit. You're it's uh, about. it's not a bad pitch to your to to wife to be like, hey, we're gonna bring another girlfriend into this, but she's gonna chip in on rent and she's gonna get some health benefits that she's gonna pay us back for. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, awesome. it's like you said that we needed some more money around here, so I might as well. You know, I've been wasting all the money on dates with this other chick. <laughs> like, if either of us were that cool. All right, so OnlyFans—that's where the money goes. PayPal story came and went pretty quickly. Uh, apparently, they said that they were. Uh, I guess if they tracked you down as being a purveyor of misinformation, they were going to fine your account twenty-five hundred dollars because of the administrative costs of having to register the fact that you were a purveyor of misinformation which was bad for the paypal name 
And within 24 hours, because this story, you know, actually hit the meat, like people were like, what the fuck is this? So they go and oh, that was a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. They clearly <laughs> wanted to do it. Clearly the press was bad enough that they went, okay, that was bad. That was bad. So we're going to pretend like we were never looking to do so. Yep. So I'll pause here so that uh, you can take a, a moment and weigh in. Dude, that, you no, you nailed it, right? And I, I tweeted this out as well. The point is, I don't give a fuck if they retracted it. The fact that they were considering this, even if they didn't do it, the fact that they were considering this tells you all you need to know about PayPal and how fucking absolutely morally bankrupt they are, how they're totally dialed into ESG bullshit to complete censorship and control. Like, this is poisonous garbage, and it's just stealing from people. Like, I understand, if you're, I don't care you're a private company, you can't take people's fucking money away and say that it's administrative costs. 2500 bucks administrative cost? Yeah, that's wild. How? How? Like, that's the most ridiculous way I've ever seen to justify. Also, can you imagine not getting notice about that? Like, I read the news every day, so I saw it instantly, and I was like, I got to go close out my account. By the way, wasn't easy to do. I spent like a full hour trying to get them to, all right, for... Chase Bank apparently doesn't link up with uh, with PayPal. So I was like, well, send me a check. And then it kept telling me, like, well, your address isn't, you got to try. But, like, there was no, like, link I could just click on to update my address. So I kept going through, like, the loops to trying to figure out where they had my address and what the issue was with it. And then I started just being like, okay, I got to spend all this money before they steal it from me, which is yeah. uh, not a winning strategy. And I gave up on that. And I was like, I'll deal with this another time. Uh, all right. But... A bigger theme that I think about uh, is that the reason why they're doing this, I don't think it's just PayPal, uh, but they're coming after people who have alternative opinions. It wasn't just censorship on social media. Now it's how can we go after these people's income? And what makes that such a successful strategy is that, for one, people gravitate towards things that make them money. And people avoid things that make them lose. No one wants to be a fucking loser in life. It sucks being a loser. No one wants to do it. And I remember reading this article like a while back about how the CIA secretly was purchasing, um, uh, what's his name, Jackson Pollock's artwork to try and make it look like American artwork was ahead of Russian artwork, like back during, you know, when we're competing with the Soviet Union. Yeah, no, they were doing that for real. They wanted to make it seem like we were superior to the Russians. And so they were actually buying up American artwork. But then think about how much that would distort the art market that if like you're trying to get into art and you're like, oh, this is what people are buying. This is where the money's at. And then people start going into abstract painting. Like, so I'm just saying like, the same way libertarians we talk about like market signals when it comes to interest rates there's a lot of market signals in terms of like you know the cost of items and who's making a lot of money and we all do make decisions relative to oh that's where i can go and get money so if they figure out how to like take all the money out of alternative content alternative viewpoints and to censor you into oblivion it does become very unattractive or very costly to actually be honest and represent, you know, your point of views. You with me so far? Dude, no, totally. Well, this is basically, you know, you look at what PayPal is doing here. This is what they want to do with country-backed digital currencies. Yes. Literally, this is the danger, right? And you got, with country-backed digital currencies and the uh, the ESG bullshit they want to do with corporations, like, they're forcing people to, like, 
you will be painted into a box where they control everything because with the digital currencies and this got pushed back in the uk this is factual right they wanted to have a digital currency wherein they could control and cut off how much you could spend on fossil fuels how much you could spend on certain like like different things in your life that you needed and this is the idea of control like this one's saying it's misinformation but by extension that is what they'll do with digital currency if they government control it why wouldn't they like that's the thing. like why wouldn't they if everything's in their hands i i have uh what seems to be happening uh with um this whole new world order thing it's like creating a false scarcity. I was talking about this on part of the problem the other day, but it's like, it seems like technology is heading in a way where there will be abundance and we can almost transcend poverty. And so they're trying to create new ways to limit consumption, which isn't necessary. We're not consuming the globe. Global yeah. warming is not going to end us tomorrow. Well, uh, and, and the technological advances like GMO, people bitch about GMOs, but the crop yields we have can feed the world five times over. Like, People talk about poverty and like you know and, and uh, starvation. We have more than enough food to feed everybody now. Right now, we can feed everybody on the globe simply, easily. So we just don't like people in Africa. No, well, no, because they want to they want to get ahead using the fossil fuels that we already have advanced on, and that can't be permitted because because climate change. All right. So with this lens of that, uh, government gets to pour money into industries that it supports. And then everyone gets a distorted sim signal about what the market likes. Here's another example of this is uh, I heard that when it came to that Snyder cut, I never heard of Jake Snyder, whatever that, I don't even know what that guy's first name is. Oh, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Thank you. Yeah. Zack Snyder. Snyder. I never heard of the guy. I didn't go see the Justice League movies. I don't care about him. And I remember when everyone they was demanding terrible. to see the fucking, I was like, there are this many people that care about that guy. Can, can I interrupt you yes. for a second? I watched... That's not a long flight. I also, I think most DC characters suck. I think Superman's the suckiest fucking superhero that's ever well, super, existed. Well, I'll, I'll give it to you on Superman. I loved Batman for a long period of time, but now Batman's I'm... fine. But now I'm over it. He's fine. Best Batman, Michael Keaton, who, by the way, uh, gave a speech at a college and ended it by saying, I am Batman, because he is fucking Batman, number one. But yeah, the Justice League, I saw Justice League. It was shit. He said, Zack Snyder, oh, the Zack Snyder Justice Edition. I watched it on an airplane. Four hours of shit. The worst shit I've ever seen. Uh, it was like, okay. It was as if you had whiskey dick and you're like, God, I just want you to fucking come. And he's like, guess what? Good news. I just did more Molly. One more hour of dicking, no come. That was the Zack Snyder cut. Doesn't sound like a bad Funny, night we're anymore. Back to being, we're back to being gay. <laughs> That doesn't sound like the worst evening. So you got a lady who's willing to let you plug soft wiener up her vagina and then take Molly so that you can continue filling her with soft wiener and not coming. That doesn't sound like the worst evening. That's not fun. I don't know. On Molly, that's that that lady's really willing to work with you. That's love right there. You're describing love. Well, I well, I, fanboys love Zack Snyder, so maybe that's inappropriate. No, so apparently a lot of that was just fucking bots. And then if you think about the way that the media works, where it repeats storylines enough that you think they're accurate or you think like, we've all had this. Oh, there's outrage, the offense. And then you walk around, you're like, no one's offended by this. Nobody's outraged. We, we, we you Nobody know that wants a female Ghostbusters. Nobody wants a female <laughs> Ghostbusters. But th that's the way one of these are the ways that they toy with us is that they pretend that things that aren't popular are more popular than they are. 
right? Like the way they were pretending Hillary Clinton was more ahead in the polls than she was. Like this is yeah. the way that they do it. Or when no one was getting vaccinated, they were saying, you're crazy if you haven't been vaccinated. Everyone's vaccinated. And then w- later on, we found out what the compliance numbers were. And that was after they were threatening people's jobs. And you're like, oh, we're not crazy for not getting this. It seems like most people aren't yeah. interested. Dude, right? you know what the latest, the latest booster numbers are for COVID? I'm going to get, can I? One, okay. Uh, no, 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 I, you, know, you already, already said it. Go for it. Go. go for it. 1.5%. 1.5% of the eligible population. Are getting, are staying are up to date boosters. on boosters. boosters. Yeah. That's, I would have guessed 10%. That's pretty wild. The, yeah. uh, can I tell you what might be skewed about that stat, though, is that I bet the general population might not even know what's considered fully up to date with boosters at this point. Like I bet a lot of them have gotten boosters and some of them don't even realize that now it's every six months you're supposed to do it. I don't know. Well, I'm just hoping that people just forget and they're like, Oh, I didn't die. So I guess this was, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess I'm okay. Um, All right. So what I was trying to say is that they've got a lot of ways to distort market signals to pretend like things are more popular than they are. And one of them is clearly you dump a bunch of money into shit and everyone goes, oh, this is a way to make money. Uh, So with that, I'm going to play a video, uh, which I came across uh, from Planned Parenthood. I guess they have a video series to educate uh, kids uh, about um, your gender and sexual preferences. So this is uh, Planned Parenthood with the video. Your kid, you know, you're trying to figure out gender and whatnot. They, they got this for you. All right, you ready for this? Uh, this should be rational and illuminating. Hey, everyone. Oh, my God, my voice is... Are you able to hear this? I am. I would do her. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's a dude before you, you didn't, you didn't no, hear her talk you know enough, but Good Good. I mean, that, that's, give me the name, give me the name of his surgeon so I can give it to <laughs> other men because I would fuck anybody he uh, works on. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I, I, I could work with it. Maybe, you know, There's it depends no on, it's a, a dude. It depends on the, that. it depends on the lighting, you know, like even in Tinder pictures, sometimes people look way different. You know what I mean? So like, this might just be favorable lighting. <sighs> You don't, get this. Don't bring up Tinder to me. It makes me angry. I, I met my wife uh, on an online dating site, who's gorgeous, by the way. Yes. And then Tinder came out, and I was like, really? You couldn't. Two, two weeks earlier, I wasn't in a relationship. I could have had sex with 7,000 women. I'll be honest. Firstly, and I, I only met your wife once. She seems like a winner. I've gotten laid, I don't think, ever off of Tinder. Really? Yeah, you might do better because you could just like be like, "Hey, bitches, I'm tall." You could actually just make that your profile. That is my open and line. yeah, that's actually not a bad profile. If you're out there and you're tall, I should do that as a short guy. Just you know, just like to make a joke out of it, but might not work. All right, let's uh, let's give this a watch. It's gone. <laughs> hey everyone. Okay, we're back. Hey everyone, I'm Ava, that? and welcome to Rue High School. Today I'm here with some friends and special guests to talk about all questions identity. You think you can do that dance? I also have a very special guest to help us out with any question that comes up. Sex ed chat. You asked me to pause it, right? Oh, no, no, I didn't. I, no, I didn't. Oh, okay, my it bad. Was so, it was just so, oh, and I said just the, the pauses they were had in it for her. They're like, you guys want to know about questions about gender identity. And then they pause, do a horn sound, and she just dances. <laughs> what? That's, by the way, that's not what the kids on TikTok like. <laughs> just, just FYI, play Baron. All right, here we go. 
Chatbot Roo. Roo is an anonymous, non-judgmental chatbot that's available on your phone 24-7 to ask any questions that you might not want to okay, ask. Okay, now follow Did she just say non-anonymous? Maybe. I'm thinking, okay, so number one, Robbie. Um, I mean, we, we got to do an, we, we got to do an, we have to do an episode with Rue. There's no question about that. that. That's what yeah. I was just going to say. We, we got to do a live, a live watch, hate watch, except it's just the whole episode is just us fucking with Rue. Yeah, email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com, whatever questions you have for Rue. If you're going through uh, issues with your sexuality, that you would like the guidance from Planned Parenthood and Rue specifically. Or uh, em us. Email, or yeah. Us. We can do a sexual wellness episode, sure. And whatever we, we whatever you and I aren't prepared to handle, uh, we <laughs> could then, we could, it'll be like phoning in a friend. We can hand it over to Rue and see what <laughs> Rue has to say about the situation. <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll do. I'll set up a call line. We'll Dude, take live great. calls. And yeah. uh, whenever we get stumped, we'll just hand it over to Rue. I think this is the best idea we've ever had. All right. Be better Next than the week, cum guys, race? Tell your, tell your friends. Let's make it a big thing. Next week. Better better than the cum race? Well, nothing's going to be better than the cum race. I think we we're going to actually gonna, have it. We're going to have to do it two weeks out because I'm uh, skank fest next weekend. But two Sundays from now, I'm down. All right. Two Sundays from now. I am I know I'm going to be doing oh, two Sundays from now. Why don't we do it right before Christmas? It'll be like a... Um, we'll make it a, a, a Christmas spectacular? Well, like a white Christmas, because come to white. Um, my comes white. What color is your come? Yellowy, I bet. That's why you're going to oh, lose. God. All right. Kimberly Owen, here's some alarming data for you. There's currently 48% of the population who are either government employees or on welfare. Uh, Gob's largest revenue source is the federal income tax. Showing the influence of government and uh, the purely socialist society that we actually live in. All right, mm -hmm. let's watch some and more. And now of this. it's time to announce our totally cool and amazing MCs for the night. Hey, Ron. Um, okay, so they announced a person. It came out. It's uh, Aaron Phillip, who is a um, a dude dressed as a chick, but uh, and also in high school and Apparently, crippled. She, he is a model. Yes, and crippled. <laughs> he's in a wheelchair, but he's a, a model. And I don't mean to, I'm not laughing at disabled <laughs> people. It's just so fucking absurd. <laughs> I don't know what else to do except laugh. It's so uh, she looks like he, she looks like you ever watch the like the Housewives of Atlanta? He looks like one of these chicks on a, the Housewives of Atlanta. Well, the that's the attitude. Knows. The attitude. The, oh, oh. I mean that's well, the what it, the it's like if you wrote a sketch of the fashion icon who's acting like an asshole to everyone around them, and for some reason within the fashion world, not only is this tolerated, but it's celebrated. Right. The guy who's like, where's my mocha, ba -ba 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 -ba, and give me my puppy. I was supposed to be holding a puppy by now. Like, Why has nobody waxed the wheels on my chair? <laughs> he whipped around like... I don't know if he mentioned right. this. Like he whipped around and his arm whipped out when his chair stopped. Right. And I was like, does he not have control of his arm? And that's like, I might be disabled, but I still have so much attitude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, just, we haven't even heard her talk yet, but that's clearly her mojo right off yep. the bat is a hundred fucking percent. Sugar. This high school senior look, I know black don't crack, but uh, this high school senior looks, he, he, she uh, looks like a 40 year old. Which is bizarre. It's like if uh, Cisco transgendered. <laughs> Would you have sex okay. with Cisco 
if Cisco transitioned just to say you did it? I don't think so. He's not enough of a cultural icon not to anymore. me that I would think it was funny. What about Pharrell? I don't even know who that is. What? Because I'm happy if you did it. Uh, you know what? That uh, shit was right. This show is gay. Well, there you go. All right, here we go. And James. I know James needed three takes to burst out of the Aaron fucking. And James are followed by all of our silver tinsel. So I'm gonna go collect their questions and take this bowl and uh, give it to Ruth. This chick's on. She's on. Here comes Beyond with a question about identity. Beyond. Okay, I see you, Evie, with questions about pronouns. What is up, Rue High School? What is up, everybody? This it's guy's DJ auditioning to be RuPaul's place of To my beautiful co-host, Miss Aaron, baby, on the beat. Why? Wait. What? Hold on, go back. <laughs> so did they? So they got this guy that's handicapped. And he starts talking. He's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be." Our, and then they then they slow it down and make him sound like he's retarded because of style. Like they're they're like that. He's he was like, he's like <laughs> "Why would you do that to this poor handicapped man? He's already handicapped." I don't think they slowed him down. I think like, that's <laughs> maybe I'm just slow. My pronouns are she, her. Thank you very much. And mine are he, him. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> and what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about gender identity and sexual orientation. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> this is right. so awkward. Okay, so Stephen Hawking is <laughs> Stephen Hawking was still alive. He'd be like, "I'm now racist and anti-trans." Right. I found I have computed the data. <laughs> I have trans. two thoughts. My first thought is maybe you and I are just old that we're like the old men who look at this and we're like, I don't understand how this could appeal to youthful people. Like that there's a, the youthful people culture, it's like the same way some people heard rock and roll for the first time and we're like, that's devil's music or I don't understand how you can like all that noise. This crippled black uh, shim is Elvis. Yeah, this could be the new thing. No, more what I'm getting at and it's not even... um, the fact that the lady is crippled or trans, but this is a form of speech that you and I would find to be rather annoying. And I guess... <laughs> I thought I was thought, I thought, I thought, I like different. I'm just going to say it real quick. Okay. <laughs> you, know that, you know that Frank Sinatra song? Because that lady is a tramp. It's just that, but with a trans. Hey, not bad. Write that. Because the lady is a trans. Write that one up. I actually don't know that. I don't know that Sinatra song well enough. The only the only Sinatra song I know is uh, New York, New York, and uh, I did it my way. And that lady's got a dick. (laughs) The classic Sinatra. I once heard uh, uh, Anthony Cumi was ragging on uh, um, Frank Sinatra. And he was saying that it's just like, I don't like being yelled at. <laughs> and, I, and I just thought that was the most perfect synopsis of Frank Sinatra. Yeah, it's just it's just really just some dude yelling at you. Now, I, New York, New York is, dude, at the end of a Yankee game, when they win, and you just walk out with everyone else singing that shit. Have you ever, have you ever experienced that? 
It's a I thrill. would never do that. That's what dirt people do. You know what I do? Oh, okay. you know, I got something to share with you, actually. Sure. I, this is fucking funny. So I'm a Phillies fan, as you know. I filled it with a fucking Eagle shirt right here. Uh, the Phillies obviously advanced and had one of the greatest things ever, man. I, I love it so much. Hold on. Let me show you, let me show you the fucking song they sang. Phillies. Uh, I don't want to give it away. Well, I loved when that when that fat linebacker gave that speech and he started oh, singing dude, Kelsey? the. He's our yeah. center, man. Oh, and everyone, it, we're from Philly. Everyone no hate whatever likes, the fuck yeah. that. Yeah, we're, that thing was awesome. Philly, fucking Philly. No one likes. <laughs> we don't care. We're from Philly, fucking Philly. All right, dude. Let me, the uh, footage let me... of that of people eating shit in the street and them greasing Not up the literally. telephone poles. No, literally, <laughs> someone ate shit in oh, the street. Right, they ate horse they shit. cheered right. him on. And I, the guy since, lifted since it. You've not given me permission to share my screen. Like, a no, no, I'll give you, I'll give you permission. No, I said, I sent you the link. Play this video because this cracked that you will, you will. I where, guarantee you will. Where did? Can you put it? Can you post it in the comments? I, I, I put it in the private chat. I'll put it in the comments too. But I put it in the private chat because you can't cut and paste from comments. Oh, while we're doing that, here I loaded up uh, new banners as a part of the show, so I'll play this. Oh, one. you! I just noticed that you son of a bitch. <laughs> Dude, everything I do smells like farts. My wife will back that up. I eat so many pineapples, but again, the pineapples also smell like farts. That's why my cum smells like farts. All right, send it to the private chat. Play this. You is that a real thing? Yeah, well, well pineapple makes your cum. Yeah, we're, ne we're not even going to get to Gutsy, by the way, which probably people. No, no, we will. We will. <laughs> we don't have to watch the whole thing. We'll watch a little bit of it. Uh, all right, all right well, play let this me. Video. Uh... I sent you on private chat. All right, I got it up. Hold on one second. All right, I, uh, those Could, of you, those of you in the know, in the comments. Oh, Philly sports are trash. Really, uh, Amba Bamba. Really, Amba Bamba. Okay, here we go. Amba Bamba sounds like uh, a handicapped child telling somebody what he'd do after he dunks on a three-foot basketball hoop, dude. Amba Bamba. Here we go. You ready? Yes. Play. You gotta turn the volume. He had the best record of any first-time Phillies manager to come on the scene and did that with this team. And I would also think that the team itself must have looked in the mirror and been embarrassed at how they were underplaying for Joe Girardi. And they sucked it up, and they did it for I Rob Thompson, but there was something else as well. They started a it's a Robin song. This <laughs> chick that's awesome, by the way. Fantastic visit. But this chick was, like, big in the 90s. Named Robin, and it's about it's a song about being uh, the girlfriend in the corner watching you kiss another uh, chick, and the Phillies are singing it because nobody believes them. They're the dumped girlfriend, and they're like nobody, nobody wants to kiss us. That's their fucking rally song. This team's winning the World Series. You heard it here first, guaranteed. When was the last? Haven't they been good over the last like five, six years? No, I thought they had like a sick pitching staff. I really don't follow baseball. No, we've had a decent pitching staff. They kept shit in the bed and missed the playoffs. This is the first time in 11 years, first time they made the playoffs. Look at these fucking assholes in the comments. G-Nice, you're a cunt. Amabamba, cunt. Peacenik, cunt. All right, let's Dave, see if... Uh... waiting to see what you type. Cunt. <laughs> All right, you ready to check out Gutsy? Yeah, dude, let's do it. All right, here we go. Hold on. Um, I got to do a new screen. I'm curious where Amba Bamba's from. If he's from Africa, he's not a baseball fan because you, you can't hit armadillos that far. All 
I already called you a cunt, Amba Bamba. You can't fucking say I'm a cunt back. It's not creative. It's not the way it works. St. Michael wants me to follow you back on Twitter. I don't know. Make it worth my while. I send, feel like we're send, me being send me a picture of your wife naked. A wedding. Oh God, is this about oh, old no. people being gutsy? Old people are the least gutsy people. Living that long is not gutsy. It's just lazy. I feel like they found a guy. Oh wait, we got to go off YouTube now. Uh, I feel like they found a guy who uh, has raped more kids than Bill. So they're, they're trying to showcase how long you can live as long as you continuously make sure that you can enter kids. All right, let's get off YouTube. Thank God I'm not going to work tomorrow because I'm going to be pretty drunk. Oh, yeah? Why don't you go to work tomorrow? Nah, I'm, well, I'm taking out my kids. My kids' daycare is closed tomorrow for Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day. And uh, you guys so still celebrate the pillaging of uh, of the United States cultural heritage yeah. people. Yeah, because yeah, I love how they're like, like you can't celebrate that. Like, do you people not realize everything in the world was created by the same method before we had all this shit? Before we had iPhones and Netflix, uh, people conquered shit and took it over. That was literally all they did. That was all they did. That and incest. That was it. So you're saying that, like, before modern society, it was worthwhile to uh, celebrate the conquerors because that's that that was achievement. That was stability. That was what the key was. Stability, man. Your conqueror. When you had somebody conquer and uh, and have a, a, a literal control over it, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying what it was. But you had stability, right? Alex the Great, whatever, the Roman Empire, those people were like, you know what? We got people, we got troops rolling out, fucking people up all the goddamn time. But you know what? Me, at home here, I'm stable. No one's fucking with me. That was it, man. Stability. People want stability. So, is that an argument for Empire? The show? No. Fuck Jesse Smith. <laughs> all right. Here we go. It's uh, episode four of gutsy apple's got to stop putting apple original in the front of this yeah why would you want to take ownership of this dude oh wait it was so weird okay so just pause real quick it was so odd they showed this they started the episode just start the episode over real quick because it's like five seconds in. it's so awkward oh my God. if we start if we start by the way it, it's amazing how hillary I'm not you pause it one more time i promise all right it's amazing how hillary and chelsea are sitting on a couch like they're about to make out dude that's what i was just gonna say watch they they open it with this two this couple kissing and then chelsea and hillary are like leaning in like they're gonna tongue each other it's so awkward love you honestly hillary and chelsea would make for a good lesbian couple they they look like they are yeah tempted I've seen it. It's like they were trying to make a child lover in a lab for Bill, and then they realized, why don't we just keep her and raise her as a child? Bill, we'll keep her in a box. We'll put a hole in it. You won't even know. Oh, let's hear what this old cunt is saying. Not every day is easy or walking apart, but that commitment means you don't give up. Loving and being loved is I like the most the difficult. The best part is bravest, there's all these couples vulnerable that are sitting there, and yet, is it Bill and Hillary? No, it's every other married couple, husband and wife, and right. yet, oh no, it's Chelsea and Hillary. Where's Bill? Where's Bill Hill? Where's Bill? Uh, uh, you know, no, uh, not, you don't have a loving relationship. You know, I love. You Sorry. know, I love you, baby. <laughs> so, Hillary, I, can, I just, I can't sit on the couch for five minutes. I'm just love too is sick. A verb. So it's a continual 
journey. It's a continual act oh, pull of, down for YouTube. of bravery and gutsy. I think we're down. Some women okay. in some places defiance. Yeah. You know, part of being gutsy is learning to love in whatever way feels right to you. Part of the struggle. So if you're into kids, if that feels right to you, is that the Clinton endorsement right there? They said whatever way feels right to you. So if, like, you're cheating on someone, that feels right to you. Or if you like your intern, that might feel right to you. Feels great. So it's just an endorsement. Whatever feels good to you, that should be your approach. You've inspired me to uh, go to circle. women have faced from literally the beginning of time is to have that agency, that freedom. Oh, peace, Nick. Yes. Philly sports probably did beat the Flyers beating up the USSR. That's fucking awesome. You owe us. I'm curious about exploring is this stock relationships footage of people walking along the complexity. Beach? Yeah, this looks like it's great. Whoever's walking on this beach is a great ass. In love. This is stock footage. That was stock was footage stock for like footage. a dating website. I Women are rebel parts. Is this is like real just crap from a marketing agency. Yeah. Women are rebel hearts is the, this episode. Every other episode, by the way, has been talking to women. <laughs> Isn't that the purpose of the show? You know, I don't want to slow us down. We're already so far, but there's awesome videos on the internet. There's a bunch of chicks right now skateboard or like uh, rollerblading around, and uh, one of them's hot, kind of like Roller Girl from uh, the uh, what's it, Gigolo, Gigolo, whatever it is. This chick's apparently gutsy for dating a black dude. Like, that's uh, edgy. But you know what I would love to do for an episode? And I know that this is very meta, but I'd like to hate watch the person that actually watches this show and likes it. Like, I would like to have one person who, like, not ironically watches this and thinks it's good. And I would like to be able to watch them for, like, an entire week and see what their life looks like. I'd like to watch it. You, you ever see, like, the 90-day fiancés? They have these parties, Oh, it's like, that lady who complained about... Chelsea loves libraries. I love being boring. I have been a fan of Abby's for literally decades. Literally. Oh, God. oh God, it's Abby, Abby Wambach. I one of the greatest hate Abby Wambach so much. Yes, oh, no, no, I don't hate Abby Wambach. No, the purple-haired one is the real The purple-haired one, yeah. That yeah. chick is so obnoxiously annoying and fucking obnoxious. I, I, she is Ooh, nice legs. Let's hear her. That's not Abby Wambach. That's some other chick. Oh, that's the dyke she's married to. Yeah, look at that. Well, I like her taste in women. I do, too. She looks like more of a dude than I do. Damn. Yeah, you know what, man? She's, you're not wrong. She's probably taller than you, too. Definitely. Great hair. I'm not sure that Chelsea and Hillary are going to make out at the end of this episode. It's going to be on Pornhub. <laughs> Pretty soon. She's not good looking anymore. Dude, her I wife is freaking hot. No, I'm not into it. Like no, she's oh, like dude, a, it. she's like an uglier version of the lady from Scary Movie. Oh, I was gonna say she's uh, an uglier version of, um, or the Strangers with Candy lady. Yes, yes, thank you. I I'm trying to remember her name. That chick got real ugly real fast. She's married. To, uh, oh my god, and the libertarian from from Parks and Rec. No, no, no. That's a different person. She was married to Chris Pratt before he got super famous. No, 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 no. Hold on. Yeah, you're we're talking about two different people. The chick from Scary Movie was married to Chris Pratt. The chick right. from um, Will and Grace. 
Yeah, Will and Grace. Who somehow she got hotter older. Like she was ugly on Will and Grace, and she was hot on Parks and Rec. Then she got ugly again. Yeah, she's yeah. a crazy librarian. This dude, uh, I'm sorry, this lady looks like the the guy from uh, Snatch and Lock and Stock and Barrel. Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, the collector guy. I don't want to do the stop screen to look it up, but... Nah, nah, don't stop. Did you see Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels? Yeah, but it's been forever. But Snatch is one of my favorite movies. Dude. Lock, Stock and Two... I, Snatch was... I love Snatch until you see... Until you see Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and realize it's a much better version of, like, the same style film. Well, that's all he does is the same fucking movie. Yeah, but that Lock, Stock, and Smoke, Two Smoking Barrels was done with, like, zero budget and is brilliant. And Snatch is great, but it's not nearly as good as Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, which I think is the name of it. You know what's an awesome movie, man? Is uh, this movie... Yeah, never mind. Can't remember now. <laughs> Never mind. Years. All right, let's all right, turn it up a little bit. Yeah. I want people to, because I think you'll can't hear enough. Like, how did you know? We've both broken up with other I like people. this chick's not wearing a bra. Does it make no bra movement now? Which I'm for, because apparently bras make your titties sag. That doesn't make sense. I think we were having dinner, and he was like, I think we're on a date. My wife's got these giant tits. Oh, my God. Maybe we are. She won't let me near That was the beginning. Not that he needed Chelsea to. Chelsea Clinton will never know that George. Ask our permission. He just drove out to see us one day. Hillary Clinton is wearing her best Mao Zedong jacket. Yes. Can she ever wear something that's just a human being clothes? But respectfully informed. Letting you know. I like that. Seriously, what is Hillary Clinton just wearing like a fucking t-shirt? Talked to them, and got home, and had a whole plan. But I couldn't wait. You know what? Abby Wambach's eyes You know, I thought female athletes don't make any money. This seems like a nice house. I oh, no, they, they make plenty of money. They just don't make as much money as men. That's what makes them money. Although the women's soccer team now does, which is absurd. Does the men make just because they complained enough? Yeah, exactly. It's like this force of nature. Oh, my God. Look at... Did Bill Clinton have... Was Bill Clinton a fucking ginger? I'm just... Not ready. He oh, was I didn't even realize wait that. Wait a minute. Pause it. Pause it. Go back. And, wait, wait. Go and that back looks like that picture of Bill and Hillary. And that looked like ginger. That looked like Hillary had her. Dude. No. He just it, figured out he's why not Bill a... Clinton married Hillary Clinton. Because he was a gross ass fat ginger and he had no other options. He went he went gray and then he was like, hell, now the world's now the world's my oyster. When that's, I was a ginger, no I don't think he's me. a ginger. I think that's bad cameras from Dude. that. I think that's brown and Sepia. the lighting. Because look at her, her, her hair also looks red, and she's I not. His jacket looks red. He's yeah, all, I think he's all he's all brown there. He's like this way. I can blend into the crowd <laughs> when I'm raping. Uh, pe people say I look like Bigfoot, but uh, <laughs> I promise, I'm just a nice boy from Arkansas. I'll tell you what. You wait, you wait until the grass turns a little brown and we're in the south and you can sneak up on nurses and rape the shit out of them. <laughs> uh, you know, me and you, were 18 now. And down the line, it's going to be weirder when I'm fucking 18-year-old. So. How, how old were they here, by the way? How old did... It's ridiculous. She looks older. Old like people looked in the yeah. Old, like, people now... When I see... I'm 42. When I see 18-year-olds, like, you look like you're fucking 12. These motherfuckers look 37. They do not look like law school. That's for sure. And how is he fatter then than he is now? Like Cause how? He, cause you know why? Because he was con he he was only getting Hillary pussy. 
Once he could get more pussy, he's like, I got it. Oh, he thinned no. out. He thinned yeah, out. Totally. Because at that he point, he could get better trim. He thinned. right. How long do you think he was like with Hillary and like was with like? Because I just seen them as like always being sociopaths. Like they never had a human moment where they were actually in love. Like this is just Dude. a written backstory. This is the one picture of them that they like. I, they were just going to class. I don't know. They're like, hey, we might need a picture of us for later in life. I bet you that Bill and Hillary had hotter sex than you and I can ever imagine. Punching each other in the fucking face. That's I hot to you? I've never you, been no, having not, sex I'm and going, I wish no, I could. Okay. No, it's, <laughs> it's not hot to me, but I'm saying, I bet, the like I said, they're fucking psychopaths. I bet Bill wanted Hillary to fucking knee him in the eyeball and piss in his eye. <laughs> I bet Hillary was like, kick me in the cunt seven times, then fuck my ass. <laughs> These people are fucking psychopaths. I bet their sex was something you and I would never imagine and would disgust us. And that, <laughs> I'm not saying I want to go there, but I'm saying I believe that is the truth. So you think he walked up to her at a party and was like, hey, like in a need in the cunt <laughs> i yep yep hey i bet here's here's his pickup line hey baby i'm gonna be president of the united states one day you want me to split your cunt open with a cuke that's it done you know she done. had a married done all right here we go it was like this force of nature when we graduated he asked me to marry now robbie remember I this said, is forced know, i'm just not ready to get married a year from then he asked me again he was back in Arkansas running for Congress. I was working. Abby Wambach's like, why did you say yes? Is that her? In the Look at that beauty. Look at that Eleanor Roosevelt looking beauty. Is, anyway, that... is she in the front or the back? Is she on the on the front left or the? No, I think that's her dead center. No, no, no that's the joke. Oh. Um, dude, look at this. Is This, this guy's coming like right the there. Yeah, and look at look at those fucking mud and chops on this guy. Dude, he looks like he looks like he's out of a sitcom doing that like, oh you, like the end of, like the end of all the family. She yeah. Hillary just said something racist. Impeach Richard Nixon. <laughs> so just we had a lot going no, on in our lives, and I said, you know, let's let's wait. What did Nixon's come taste like? I moved to Arkansas Hillary? with a job teaching at the law school, and the end of the semester. <laughs> like I Abby Wambach just sitting there holding a knife. Smart move, Abby. I'm really Man, Abby Wambach's sitting there. She's not put the knife down, and that is the smartest move. Keep it playing, man. Don't pause it. We got too he, much to go through. He's so horny. He, he was even fucking the volleyball. Bill was so house. young there. Hillary I'm actually looked somewhat decent in that picture. They were together house. for too long. Now I get why Bill cheated. I come back and pick They're together way too long. I bought that house. Is she cooking a George Foreman girl? Now you have to marry me. Oh my gosh, yes. Wait, did we just miss the proposal? Okay, Robbie, I'm sorry. It's, we don't have to pull it back. Okay. Do we care that much about... You don't want to know how Bill Clinton proposed to Hillary Clinton? She looks hot there. She does look hot there. Not hot. Let's be fair. He does not. He's not a good-looking guy. She looks hot in that picture, but again, it's the angle. It's the upper angle. But she's a guy like, you, you're like, okay, you bang her once, and you're like, I'm not going to marry you. Being loved is a lot harder. <laughs> and also, loving, right? is she a natural brunette? Absolutely. Because her hair was definitely brown, and she's been blonde for her entire career. Communication. That's right. 
And today it will be through Jenga. <laughs> you know what's sad okay, is I know where they are at, at the beach, and it yeah. makes me sad that I could have literally oh, run up and pressure. punched Hillary Clinton in the face. What is something that you are clueless if about? If only I had known. I do have a very, very hard time with cooking. I just follow directions. And like the first direction will be like, Julianne the carrot. This is so gutsy. Talking about how you can't cook. Hillary really just nods and laughs. It's like she took a nodding and laughing class. That's the first honest look she's made the whole show. Dude, I'm so mad. Hillary Clinton just, by the way, it, number one, doesn't understand Jenga. Because she was trying she's, to she's never played a human game. She's never she's never seen it before. The producers actually didn't explain to her how it worked because they're like, she knows what Jenga is. How many games did they go through that they had to play before she was like, I think I understand. They're like, checkers. Check her. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Him for the interrupter that he is. You think every one of these scenes when it was over and the Clintons left the house, these people turned to the other one like, that was terrible, right? Has to be. We never want to go to bed. Do you think when they leave, Abby Wambach and her her lover or her wife are like? So we're Not voting Republican. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to pick somebody down. Like Hillary Clinton is doing is a Republican tour. Hmm. My first marriage. Hillary literally, and Chelsea no goes all the talking in this episode. You know, she way. looks Hillary like, uh, she looks like James Hetfield. <laughs> What we Metallica uh, lead oh, singer. Totally, yeah, with this comeback hair. Understand that what we yeah, have totally. is what we don't want. Mm -hmm. Right. I just farted. I know the light right, let me out. see here. We're doing the two hands of thing. There's the Hillary I know, destroying everything she touches. I, you know, what would be great if she knocked over the Jenga and she went, "We came, we saw, <laughs> Jenga died." All right, I'm giving this one one more scene. We gather here today to celebrate your love. Oh, oh my God! The, is that the is that the mayor of Chicago? I think it was Lori Lightheart. No, that was not. Is she a lesbian? Oh, can you imagine those guys fucking? What's and you proved me wrong. People getting married. I got married. That wasn't gutsy. Ceremony with a kiss. What is this shit? What's, What's more important than love? How people. It was more stock it, footage. How they Dude, it, can you imagine? It. It's really how awkward these conversations are. Hillary, talk to your daughter about love, and, and she's like, many, oh. Marriage is the oh, Jesus. And Chelsea's like, oh. We did not grow up with that. So I'm going to sit down with a minister. Um, is this a montage of only black people being married? <laughs> I think, I mean, they're trying to dip as far into. Black people! Minorities. No, because, like, they want to celebrate. I've read about you too. Yeah, a few things. You know, a couple yeah. things though. <laughs> Hillary, I also bring read, hot right? sauce <laughs> to my weddings in my purse. How did you just decide? In case. I can do this. I can mm -hmm. help people talk to them about marriage, uh -huh. which, you know, is uh, a Pause it. Hillary Clinton's going to talk to people about marriage. Hope. Hillary fucking Clinton. Hil what advice are you going to give Hillary? Don't let your husband get blown by an intern at the White House. What advice are you possibly going to give Hillary? Blow them more often so that they don't have any cum left for the intern at the White House. That's a good idea. Or uh, they're still married. Let your husband be blown by anybody he wants to blow him, but make the but make her spit it out, and then trade face. and then trade off their name. Yes, exactly. And make a and make a career of it, and then start a foundation. Okay, go. Where the Saudi Arabians give you money. 
not a bad gig. Yeah, don't be short-sighted here. You, you, if you're going to hang out with powerful men and you want to stay with them and trade off their name, you're going to have to let them get blown by some kids. They need Hillary Clinton's How to Create a Multinational Corrupt Foundation for Dummies. I'd buy the book. I would buy that one, too. I mean, that's her expertise. I'd write the book. Um, through relationship, right? As a woman, of being black and queer and all these things, like, I've been situated okay, on so the she's margins. Black and queer, Robin. So that's that? been my theology of just, like, being hospitable. There's a seat at the table. I wouldn't appreciate her opinion if she hadn't clarified that for me. I only so listen well to people who have so, the least so two minorities. I'm, I'm done. It, a single minority is not good enough. It's got to be at least two. I was at one minority uh, minimum last year, and then I realized I was making a lot of bad choices in life. So, so you, you opted to two. Actually, two and a half because I want to cover the spread. That makes sense. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, I'm confused. Now it's laugh. in a box and leave me out and leave me out, right? Where did you do that at? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend a, like I'm Cedric the Entertainer. Fuck, Whoopi Goldberg. I swear to God, there's always at least five extra seconds of laughing that doesn't have to be in this episode. I went to Divinity Clinton. School. It was they very much to counter that narrative. Oh, you were really. Oh, I've been gutsy for a minute. Oh man, I've been gutsy so, yeah, my whole life. I've been gutsy. Really, the heart of this. Hillary, how have you been gutsy? Well. We in no way, shape, or form. You're always rebelling <laughs> against something, but mm -hmm. sometimes. All right, you know, I think we're calling it. Heart just needs to take a deep breath. Let's uh, let's do a quick skim. Women's right. Oh, is this Ooh. her? That's not her. Ooh, who's this hot chick? Oh, hi. See, this is it. Like, we did too much fun earlier. Now they're talking some hot girl while like, she's right right Yeah, I take it back. That's like a Cruella Deville thing. Getting worse and worse as we go. Oh, uglier and uglier. The government says this. And my parents nope. are reading this, and everyone else is reading them. This must be. Wait, let's. Uh, I want to hear what this chick has to say because I want to see if Hillary Clinton is like. You're I think. Right. I think I just can't take it. You All right. You don't want to see this Hispanic woman marry this Hispanic woman. Is that Kim Jong Un? Is Kim Jong Un a Hispanic transsexual? Well, they're friends because they go to the same uh, suit tailor. You know what, dude? I'm. I'm over it. You know what? I'm. No more trans movement anymore. If if the biggest transsexual in the world has nuclear weapons, women on this uh, journey to discover rebel hearts, the choice I make may not be the choice you make or the choice Gloria, Reverend Whitney, or Abby makes. But we need to have the support from society as well as the internal fortitude like the fake plan to make the, the decisions the that are right for us. I like how they're also filming in a, some, a warehouse that's world. not painted correctly. I don't even know if I have it in me to do the next episode. <laughs> well, you know what, man? We got to be coming to the end of this series. No, how, there's, how, no more, there's no more end. We don't have to hate watch this. We what do you mean? We fucking want, man. That's true. All right, Mr. Brian, before we call in an episode, what do you got to plug? <sighs> Lions of Liberty Network, guys, make sure to follow the Lions of Liberty Network, uh, the, the oldest and best libertarian podcast network out there. Mina's Daydream, follow that. The Boring Podcast Comedy. And, of course, make sure to write your senators and tell them that they are cunts. I like that. That's not a bad idea. Just on a daily basis, call just up your senator them, just and just remind cunts. them, hey, I, I just wanted to let you know, I think you're a fucking cunt. I don't like you. You're a cunt. Stop emailing me. 
You're not doing any service. I've been getting so many texts from senators looking for money. It's getting a little out of control. It's, it's like it's like two a day. Two a day. I get like at least two from someone. Oh, hey, um, this is Ron Johnson, and I need blank amount of money. Hi, this is. It's like I don't know how my number ended up on a list, but I get I work with. I get see, I get emails like that, but not texts. I get I get texts from, text from Asian people telling me that um, I have a Ralph's coupon I need to redeem by giving my bank card. Oh, that may I would do that. Well, but the problem is I gave it to him and I went to the Ralph's. Nothing. No coupon. No coupon and no Asian. Oh, that's. I walked like around the entire Ralph's yelling, <laughs> "Where's?" My Asian and one guy showed up and I was like, you're Filipino. That doesn't count. Gets confusing. All right, let's call it an episode. Thank you everyone for hanging out with us. Mr. Brian, have a great week. And, uh, two weeks out, we'll, uh, have to call into that, uh, hotline that root. they've put. Root. Yes. Root. Write that down. Root. So that we can check in about our sexuality. That's it. You heard it here first. We're doing the, the Rue is our next episode. We're doing Rue. All right. Later, bud. Peace.